Hi everyone, Kyle here. Before we start the show, I just want to give you a heads up that my microphone was not recording as well as it usually does. I do apologize for it. It's not the worst in the world. I just want to give you a heads up before you, you know, go on this journey with us. So enjoy the show and I'll see you next week. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Keen Gamer Podcast. My name is Kyle, and once again, i got a great panel of guests here for you all. Let's welcome back Jessica to the show. Welcome back, Jessica. Hello. Happy to be here again. And for the first time, we have Mark uh, Mark O'Callaghan, correct? Yes, correct. In my super, super bright apartment, if you're watching YouTube version. <laughs> Apologies. No, no, it's, it's all good. Uh, welcome to the show. I've been looking forward to having you on for a while, so it's good to finally have you here. Um, to start the show, we'll be doing what we always do, talking about the games that we're playing. Then we'll cover the biggest news stories of the week. And at the end of this show, I thought it'd be a good idea just to have a nice, free-flowing, spoiler-filled conversation about Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'll let everyone know when that's going to happen, so you can hop out if you choose. But the end of the show is going to be kind of just us talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, what we want to see from a sequel, etc. But first, we'll start with the games we're playing. Um, I finally beat a game called It Takes Two last week. Um, For anyone who doesn't know, this is the newest game from Joseph Fares, who is infamously infamously the guy who said F the Oscars at the Game Awards show two or three years ago, I think. Um, And since that time, he he made a game called A Way Out, which was like a co-op prison escape game that I thought was good, not great. And his newest game, It Takes Two, which came out in, I think, February of this year, is, I'm going to say, amazing to almost perfect. I think that he's finally kind of nailed the formula of creating a really, really excellent couch co-op game. And I think it's important to say as well, it's not just co-op that you would um, play with your younger brother where they have a controller, but technically they don't have to do anything to advance the game. This is a co-op game to a point where you will rely on your partner to solve puzzles or to get past certain areas in the game that you can't without their help. Um, So quickly going to the story, it starts off incredibly uh, dire, I'd say. It starts off with with a couple of parents telling their daughter that things aren't going well and that they're considering having a divorce. Um, Of course, this makes the daughter really sad. She cries in her room and then, you know, a little bit fantastical, but then the parents become little dolls. And in order to escape the doll forms, they must work together, re-fall in love with each other, and then eventually, you know, I don't want to spoil the ending because it might not end the way that you think it does. But the main journey is about this couple kind of going through what are, what are their issues and how can they resolve them. Um, so one of the things that I liked about the game is that you and your person you're playing with will always have abilities that work well with each other. It's not the same. So the first level... Uh, I had a hammer and she had a nail gun. So there are some really interesting platforming levels where she would have to throw nails onto a board to make a platforming area that I could use my hammer to swing across to reach the button that would let her rejoin me on the other side. So like I was saying, you're not working together through a lot, or you are working together through a lot, but you're almost working opposite each other to accomplish a, sim- uh, a common goal, if that makes sense. Um yeah, Jessica, any questions about the game uh, so far? Just how does that relate to, was it No Way Out? Because I haven't played 
either of them is was mm. it a similar thing or have they like like you said refined that what have they changed about it so a way out was very similar in that once again you're playing split screen and one of your characters their mission would be distract a guard so one player would be talking to a guard maybe like dropping their keys and being like oh no where'd they go i can't find them while the other player has to sneak around the guard get like a passcode get back to the area without being noticed um so it was very similar to a way out uh, it takes two similar to a way out in the fact that you are always collaborating to achieve a goal you're not necessarily doing the same thing you'll be doing kind of different things to achieve that uh that uh thing that you're trying to do um and a way out what really stood out to me with its was its creativity um almost like mario there's worlds you go to at one point you are outside of the house in a honey i shrunk the kids ask like the grass is too tall you'll see some bugs that are bigger than they should be um there's a snow level there is a water level there's all the things that you'd expect from a platforming game but the way they utilize and um create puzzles are in those areas consistently blew me away so i was a big fan of the whole experience um I also say, like, as much as this game is about love and kind of coming together through the worst of times, I don't want to spoil anything, like I said, but I think this game also had one of the most traumatic moments of games this year for me and my partner. There is one thing. Um, I'm not sure what a good example is. Maybe, did either of you guys play Telltale's The Walking Dead? Or the first season. Yes. <laughs> Even in that first season, there's a part where you are forced to cut off somebody's leg. Like I think their leg is stuck in a bear trap. And it's one of those things that the game makes you do it, but you don't want to be doing it because it is so grotesque. Every time you have to hit X, you do another swing at the leg and you hear like the bone breaking and stuff. There's a moment like that in It Takes Two where the game wants you to input button uh, directions or like tap X to do something incredibly awful. I don't want to compare it to the to the Trevor GTA 5 teeth thing where like a game is making you something that you're very uncomfortable with. It's close. It's close. Um, it's hard to say more without going into spoilers, but I think if there's anyone out there who has a partner or a friend or even a parent who is into games, but maybe not like a Halo or a Call of Duty... This is a on the surface really fun, really funny, um, incredibly well animated adventure, um, and I think after beating it, it firmly secured a spot in my top five game of the year for this year. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm really into it. I don't think it's that expensive. I think it just went on Game Pass as well. So if you have PC Game Pass or Xbox Game Pass, you can download it for free. All you would need is two controllers to play it. And yeah, I, I'm really into the whole thing. Um, any other questions about It Takes Two? So going back to the whole uh, traumatic, is it more physical traumatic? Like it makes you nauseous or is it more emotional? Um, it was a beautiful hybrid of both. I felt nauseous in my tummy and I was physically like covering my hand with my mouth because I just couldn't believe what this game was making me do. And I think if you've played this game and you're listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And like after we beat the game, after we ruled credits, we had to go back to that scene just to make sure it wasn't like a fever dream. Like we had to make sure that we didn't imagine this thing happened in this like kind of kid friendly on the surface game. It does. It does. I mean, everything you said, for some reason, that's when like, well, I need to play this game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's like the selling point. I'm like, hmm, traumatic. 
yeah it's almost like um it's almost like a sweet candy with like a very sour inside like it the game looks so polished and friendly and colorful and then at the same time even between the main story between the parents and then what they're having to do to get back to their normal bodies um some really wild and unpredictable stuff happens that like i said it's so much better if you go in blind not knowing what it is um when that moment happens you'll know you'll know exactly what i'm talking about um it takes two really surprised me i liked it a lot especially after playing a way out a couple years ago um i'm going to be pushing hard for people to play this game especially before game of the year season comes around um so it takes two fantastic game another fantastic game that came out rather recently was Forza Horizon 5, which Jessica has down in her list of games she's playing. I've played probably three to four hours of it so far. But Jessica, I want to hear your thoughts on the game so far and what you're, uh, how much you're enjoying it. Yeah, Forza Horizon 5. I mean, the best way I could sum it up is probably just big, dumb fun. <laughs> it is so enjoyable. Uh, I have two people I team up with playing with it most of the time. It's so fun in multiplayer. You can do nearly everything multiplayer or solo, whatever you want. Um, it's an arcade driving sim, open world. Just pick a point in the map, go there, do a PR stunt, do a big stupid jump over some beautiful looking landmark in Mexico or do a drag race, a straight race. Uh, they have awesome showcases, which are so stupid. Uh, you're driving a float at one point through a for a period don't know if you have done that one yet and i teamed up with it with two people doing it and it was so stupid us all trying to go down <laughs> this very narrow runway playing it um it's just so much fun and I, I have played previous forza games and especially forza horizon because they are more arcadey and they're more fun and you can team up and um have a little bit of, again more fun with it than a than a than motorsport does um but this one just has like just refined everything that i loved about i played a little bit of forza horizon 3 and forza horizon 4 which was just kind of like my podcast game or like a music game go in uh go to this checkpoint do that off and it was fun but forza horizon 5 is just uh it's just elevated everything past what the previous titles have been um this is my first forza horizon game the last like actual racing game i remember getting into was like need for speed underground 2 so i'm probably like a decade shy of just like sitting down and playing a good racing game within five minutes of playing forza horizon 5 i was like holy crap cars are cool like yeah um and going back to what you were saying about playing with friends i thought it's, it's really cool how even if your friends are offline you can see like npcs with their names racing around the open world or even like i was in a race my friend was offline but i still raced against somebody with his his gamer tag like he's still one of the npcs in the race which i thought was really cool um i think one thing as well with forza horizon 5 is that it takes place in mexico um a country I've never been to, I don't know a lot about, but it's really cool kind of just like driving through either the scenery or the towns or hearing like the locals speak in cutscenes. I'm really just kind of liking the appreciation of the culture that they have so far. Yeah, I do like it. I love, uh, because I live in the UK, Forza Horizon Forest map didn't really um, transport me anywhere <laughs> magical, uh, <laughs> but the Mexican one is so beautiful and it has different biomes. You can be going up a volcano at one point and then going through a desert. There's even snow in the, I think we're in 
dry season. I can't remember. They, they, they do their seasons differently. They have dry season, mm-hmm. wet season, storm season. Um, and the weekly stuff you can have, like like Forza Horizon 4, I think people have been playing this for years until the next Forza comes out. Uh, it is a beautiful game. And also, <laughs> I need to mention all the stupid stuff you can do with liveries yes. and car horns. <laughs> I had a, a just a moment where you just sit down going, I love this game. I was loading into a match and I had a Nigel Thornberry livery on my Ford Bronco while I had the classical musical channel. Uh, going on in the radio with Swan Lake and, and I was doing the oh running God. man with an Indiana Jones hat and I was like this is so stupid and I love it so much <laughs> and that's what I didn't think I always thought with these car games with like licensed vehicles I'm always under the idea that like these companies do not want their cars to look ridiculous like they are very proud and that's why I guess the cars don't really break you can like go 400 feet off a mountain at 150 miles per hour and you'll land just fine maybe a cracked windshield if that um but hearing about like the hats and the horns like when i was going through the horn selection and i saw that there was one from banjo kazooie i was like i yes i need to get this now how do i buy this horn um yeah you can do that you can do the windows xp shutdown sound like yeah like i'm only two hours into it but it's almost a game that like as soon as i have an hour to kill with a podcast or music like you were saying I'm throwing on Forza. That's my new podcast game probably until the end of the year. That's exactly it. Like it doesn't feel like like I'm playing playing another game at the moment, but it doesn't feel like I I need to go back to Forza before this game mm-hmm. comes out. I need to do it before this because you can't just pop it on, sit there, chill on your own, chill with your friends, um play it whatever way you want to and fit it in anywhere cuz like it does have a story, but it doesn't really have a story. You're just driving mm-hmm. really. Um so you don't feel any pressure of like, oh, I need to complete this for like spoilers or whatever um you've played previous entries is the rewind feature kind of a staple with forza horizon or is that new in this one yes no it's been there for very long i actually think they they invented the rewind feature um well forza motorsport did um, okay which i i like it but although you don't get the experience that too much on multiplayer if you're doing a multiplayer race you you Mm -hmm. have to rewind but everyone else will just continue to go ahead um yeah yeah but it it is a good way because like i i like driving games i'm not very good at them <laughs> no so, yeah that's what i've learned out. too i i'm ranking like third or second in my races against the cpus but i am heavily using that rewind button if i like slightly go off course i just redo the last 40 seconds of the race again i just go as far back in time as i can <laughs> just yes. to do it uh mark have you played any of the forza games or is this one that you are uh looking at at all I don't have an Xbox yet, but I feel like out of all the current Xbox games, with the exception of Halo, this is the one that everyone is talking about. Like, this is the game to get. And I think um, I think I read because of Game Pass, like, I think Forza Horizon 5 is, like, the most successful Xbox title launch game in about five or six years. Um, I think because so many people were able to download it on Game Pass for free pretty much or for five bucks a month or whatever the fee is um they're letting so many people even myself like i said i don't play racing games i don't think i could tell myself to spend 90 dollars on a game that i'd play for three hours if it's on game pass and i can just download it install it and play it within an hour i'm in and that's just gonna be the same thing with halo as well where like i maybe wouldn't buy the halo campaign if it's given to me i'll play it for sure that's exactly it i've never actually bought a forza game um i played four on game pass when it came onto it and i played three it was my brother's copy mm. i would never play full price for a racing game but after forza horizon 5 i, w- I would consider it and that's it's pretty testament a good testament to how good that game is 
Yeah, hundred percent. And like, it, it's good for casuals like myself. And it, there's also, I went into a menu, and I saw that you could like customize like tire traction, and like I didn't know what I was reading. So that stuff is there if you are like a car fanatic or a car nerd. Good thing about that is you can also download other people's tunes, so you don't have any motivation to go and that's because I have never tuned a car because I am I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just go go to a top content creator, download their tune, and you have like an awesome tiny bmw i said it doing insane drifting yeah that's crazy i had no idea because i adjusted my tire traction by like 0.1 and i started having a panic attack because i thought i just like messed up my entire vehicle so i had to go to restore to defaults just let it be it goes fast i'm happy with that um but like jessica was saying i'm just liking the uh the quantity of things you can do in this game whether it's a drag race a speed trap going off a jump um doing circuits like there's just and every time you do one thing, five more things open up on the map. So in terms of content, this game is loaded. Um, the soundtrack's good as well. Like one of the first songs I heard was like Beastie Boys. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to turn, turn up my TV a little bit louder and just drive around listening to Intergalactic by Beastie Boys. Um, uh, so yeah, just it- circling back around to what you said about um, playing it for a while. They do have a live mm. service element as well with the the festival playlist. Um mm-hmm which if it's anything like Forza Horizon 4, we'll be going like a month before the next one comes out. And there's like a 1,800 accolades you can work towards right now. Like there's just so much to do in it. Yep. And and honestly, that's the thing. I, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of this pretty dense game. And I'm excited to go in there and start racing in volcanoes or in the snowy areas. I've only ever been like in the kind of far west hub area so far. So I'm looking forward to branching out some more and uh, getting new cars, getting new horns. And all that stuff. Uh, any final thoughts on Forza before we move on, Jess? Uh, I think I've covered everything. Just if there is one thing I could, if people are on the fence of it, if you have access to an Xbox or a PC, that that Game Pass subscription is worth it to try and check this big, dumb, fun game out. <laughs> yeah, and I, I should probably mention as well, this is the first game on Game Pass for PC that after I installed it, it was like, you need to update your graphics driver now. And this is after, like, I played Cyberpunk last year with, like, pretty high settings on it. But Forza, I had to really, like, lower some stuff just to make it run on my PC. I imagine on the native console, it looks gorgeous. I'm running it at all, like, at medium specs. So I'm getting, like, a pretty good experience on my end. Um, Mark, you've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, which always excites me when somebody says that. That was my game of the year last year. Is this your first time playing through it or your second time? So this is my first time playing through it. And good friends of ours, Josh Wigler, Brooklyn Zed, Mm -hmm. they have a podcast where Josh, who's an avid Final Fantasy person, guides Brooklyn Zed, who, like me, has never played a game. (laughs) And... They played uh, FF7, the original, for the first time, as I did. So they started the remake back in, like, August, September, and I finally jumped back into it, and it's been a blast. Are you playing it on base PS4? Do you have PS5? I'm just curious. So PS5, but I downloaded it when it was the PlayStation Plus game, Mm -hmm. but you can't upgrade it to PlayStation 5. Oh, no. So you can't. So I can't play the uh, Yuffie, the Yuffie DLC. DLC. Yeah, yeah. So that stinks. That that does stink because that game. Um, they added the 60 FPS mode to it with the PS5 upgrade, and it, it does look. It looks better than it does on PS4, which is still a phenomenal looking game. But and yeah, I yeah, keep been, going. Like, yeah, spoiled about like playing a lot of PlayStation Five, like 
60 frames per second and it's like the game's still gorgeous but it's like oh oh well yeah yep yeah not the best that's out there but still a, a really good version of that game um how far into it are you so i just started chapter 12 and i believe there's 18 chapters or close to 20 in total yeah so that sounds right um we'll probably do like i'm not going to spoil anything heavy because the original game came out 20 25 years ago you're pretty much um or where are you at story-wise kind of in like light details if you don't mind so i just got out of the uh, train graveyard oh yeah and i played the original final fantasy 7 completed it this year so it's interesting just in a short period like a time just to be like ooh, that's different that's different but that's the same and getting like the references and callbacks it's it's awesome yeah what about the um how's the combat striking for you because obviously the first game was turn-based and this is more of a final fantasy 15 um real-time action game is that flowing well for you it is except i'm horrible at blocking mm, me too so i just kind of skip it and that's why yep. i die um something i learned while playing is that instead of blocking i'll i'll more actively run away from enemy attacks if i can same like i used to dodge but i'm like no running is more valuable yeah absolutely um and what about the characterization because obviously there's a lot more in the remake than in the original game in terms of building up on characters like tifa and even cloud and of course they're interlaying it with like scenes from crisis core and other stuff as well but mm -hmm. are you enjoying the narrative kind of um how they're telling a different story in remake than they do in the original they are and it's interesting when you're playing the original of course there's no voice acting and i'm mm. like oh this is how they actually sound <laughs> if you know what i mean but i feel like if you play the original barrett with his like all caps like text sometimes i feel like barrett they really carried his voice over from text to real life that is 100 percent <laughs> true yeah and it's interesting of uh, a guy who plays superman in the cw show superman mm -hmm. rollers play uh cephala that's yes. interesting also, I think um, one of the actresses from uh, the TV show Glow, which I'm not sure if you guys watched about the um, the female wrestling industry in the 80s. Oh. Um, one of those girls voices Tifa. And I was like, that's such a random actress to grab for that role. But I think she does a fantastic job with it. Um, so have you done at this point, have you done Wall Street or is that still coming up ahead for you with uh, Don Cornero? Uh, that was chapter nine. Is that Wall Market? Sorry, I think I said the wrong thing i don't Wall know Street, let Walmart. us know in the comments of how wrong we are please send me an all caps tweet saying the name of the place that don cornero lives i'll appreciate it <laughs> but what do you, you think about that whole thing i think that to me is like one of the most magical chapters in a game in the last like four or five years for me really i, I mean it loved... was great but like wow i because i also i should preface this i, I haven't place. i haven't played the original so I get to meet oh. characters like Madam M, who I don't even know if she's in the original. Um, what's his name? Chocobo Sam. Like, there's yes. some really fun characters in there. And I really enjoy, obviously, doing the whole Coliseum fight where you fight a uh, monster house. Uh, not, to, not, not the kids movie from 2004, like a monster house that will, like, shoot fire and wind spells at you. Um, I, I love Walmart. Jessica, I forgot. Uh, I didn't know that you played this game before, so I'm glad you piped in there. What were your thoughts of Remake when you went through it? Oh, yeah, well, same as you. That chapter was just uh, so fun. In a game that can take itself a little bit too seriously, but I love it. It's one of my favorite games when it came out. 
last year. Um, yeah. It was one of those pandemic games, I'm pretty sure. It was right on the cusp of when everything was starting. Um, I played it so much. I, I platinumed it. It's one of my rare platinums. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, it's just so crazy sometimes. Like, you're finding a house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love the combat. It's one of my favorite combat systems I've ever played. Um, it's one of those games that comes along every once in a while and blows you away. And the soundtrack of it oh, is incredible. It's gorgeous. It's so and good. It's, it's on it's Spotify. I'd like to remind everybody that if you need to go listen to like the FF7 theme song or whatever, it is all on Spotify. And I'm so happy it is. Except for Hip Hop to Chocobo. I am very what? upset to this day. That That's hip-hop... my favorite one. <laughs> I know. There's no Hip Hop to Chocobo on uh, on Spotify. All the all the Spotify tracks are in Japanese. So I went through all 65 looking for it. It's not there. Thank you for your service for doing that to let us all yeah. know. <laughs> Somebody had to do it. Yeah. Um, is there any uh, one character that's sticking out to you as like um, your favorite in the remake, Mark? Uh, Jesse. Oh, in the original game, like you, spoilers for a game from the late 90s. Yeah. She dies like pretty early on. Mm-hmm. So it it is kind of a shock because she it is set up like she is going to be a main character and then boom, gone. So mm-hmm. getting to know her and it's like, you know, it's coming. I know it's coming. It hasn't happened yet, but it's she going to die. I really like how the first three or four hours of uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is like a finale episode of The Bachelor, where you have Cloud, <laughs> a central figure, and then you also have like, is it four girls between Jesse, Tifa, Aerith, and they're all like just dying for this guy to even like look at them for a second. Um, but I really do love that love triangle that Cloud has zero interest in at all times. <laughs> I can't really. No, I know me either. Never. Um, <laughs> What do you think about the uh, the motorcycle sequence uh, near the beginning of the game? Because that wasn't in the original. That's like a new thing. Did you enjoy playing that part against uh, <laughs> against Roche? It was kind of old. the Roche element wasn't really in the original, but there was some like motorcycle. And yeah. Roche is a very flamboyant. I love Roche. I love Roche. But the thing is, like, I thought like you know, like when a sequence you think it's gonna end but it just keeps on going mm-hmm. and going. And that's kind of the motorcycle. And I know there's a trophy of like, hey, impress Jesse. And she was like, yeah, you could have done better. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, there's a trophy for if you get If you do it under 20 seconds or something, she'll give you like a kiss on the cheek or something. And, that, and I guess that's your trophy as well as the pop-up on your screen. But, but no, that's, it's tough. And I think like you, I did that once. I did not hit the time record. I was like, I'm fine. My life is fine. I don't need a platinum on this one. <laughs> Well, now I know uh, you get a kiss on the cheek. I'm, yeah. Thank you for the motivation, Kyle. Of course, whatever I can do to help. Um, <laughs> so, are you um, are you like pretty antsy to get to the end of this thing? Like, you're on chapter twelve of eighteen. You're the end is in sight, my friend. It's not like I'm rushing to just get it done. Like, okay, come on. But I'm like, yeah. I, I want to know what happens. Yeah, of course. But it's the caveat of like, oh, but that means it's gonna end, mm-hmm. and you know, square next is gonna release this game pretty soon said no one yeah <laughs> or part two so probably 2026 yeah open no i hope that they're farther ahead than that but because um once again without going into new spoilers they're not even gonna be able to use a lot of the same assets from this first game like the the story is progressing into a whole new location and area so they mm-hmm. can't even just like re- reuse a lot of their same like 
Midgarian assets, they really have to start from ground up for part two. And I'm so curious about how like stuff like levels and items and weapons from the first game are going to carry over to number two. I could be wrong, but I think I finished the first game and all my characters were like around level 40 to 50. I could I could be wrong, but I think something some, something along those lines. So I'm wondering if part two is just going to like kind of a hey, oh hey by the way you're level one again you forgot everything you learned in Midgar, or is it going to pick up like oh by the way that common enemies are now level 60 70 and I don't know. That would be cool, but if that means like Square Enix has to develop more time, I'm like eh, you know what if you want to be level one again, I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, and they're also like they're also doing this at the same time as the as they're making Final Fantasy 16. So like I do hope that they're, you know, creating the best games they can without spreading themselves too thin development wise. Um, Foreshadowing when, when we talk about the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> State, uh, jump ahead twenty minutes for the Avengers conversation. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm glad to hear that you're playing it. Uh, I'd love to hear whatever your thoughts are whenever you do finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, any like, kind of like final thoughts on it before we move on? I the soundtrack. I know we mentioned mm. it, but it's so incredible. The air theme yes. just like hits me all in the feels. Like I have to like just stop and just like process all just the opening notes. Like- Everything about it is great, and I'm thankful for Josh Wicker and Brooklyn Zed for introducing me to Final mm. Fantasy VII because if it wasn't for them. I probably wouldn't have any interest because it's kind of daunting. Yeah. And if for anyone who's like, oh, I don't know, like Final Fantasy is just too big, just play it. You, Kyle, you just said you didn't even play the OG mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII, and it's your best game from last year. Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VII Remake was my first Final Fantasy through and through. I had not played a single one before that. Yep. And it rocked me so freaking hard that I could <laughs> I, I could not stop thinking about it. I think I beat it April 2020, and by December 2020, nothing had even come close to kicking it off the throne for game of the year. See, and it was it was such a standout game in that year. And I, I had played the original, but it was never my favorite Final Fantasy. I didn't love it as much as everyone else. Mm. This is up there with my favorite Final Fantasies. It really does. Yeah. Compared to everything else, and this is just the first part. It checks every box I want, which is the characters, the music, the story beats. It's also kind of funny. It's also very funny. Sorry. Like, I'm sure people have seen, like, I, I'm, I, two months ago, I'm like having flashbacks of memories of this game. And I'm like falling over my own words. Just two months ago, I watched the Honeycomb or the, is it the Honey Bee Inn? I yeah. watched, and if you know, you know. I don't want to spoil what happens in this scene for people who don't know. But I went to, on YouTube. I just was looking up cutscenes from the game for like two hours straight. Just, I want to relive this moment. I want to relive this moment. I want to relive Cloud saying, I know I look good in this dress. Let's move on. Like, <laughs> it's such a great game, and I'm so excited for part two. Um, and I, I, yeah, just to shout out the, uh, the post show recaps podcast. If you uh, like what Mark's saying about people talking and playing through Final Fantasy VII, it's a good place to go. They usually do a couple chapters per episode. Um, so I got another game on my list. I've been playing Great Ace Attorney Adventures on my Switch, which for those who don't know, it's a spinoff of the Phoenix Wright series. Um, these games are essentially visual novel puzzle games where you play a lawyer, a uh, defense lawyer, and you're essentially in every game going case from case, trying to defend 
somebody who's being blamed for a murder they're usually innocent by the way you're not like defending like guilty people trying to get them off the hook um but this spin-off series actually came out on the 3ds in japan only like 10 years ago and they just got ported to the switch in english this year for the first time um just really quick the first game i beat and i liked enough it's not like my favorite in the series or anything like that i found most of the cases i had solved them halfway through the the actual like court proceeding and because i figured it out too early the game didn't know that and it was still asking me questions like so who would have left the fingerprints on this thing i'm like i know who it was i hey i know who it was already um but the game wouldn't obviously let me just call that person out i had to go through their narrative to get there um it's unique in the fact that you play as a Japanese lawyer heading to the UK to learn about English law. It takes place in like the late 1800s, early 1900s. So most Phoenix Wright games are more modern. So it's kind of cool going back to a time before there was um, DNA tracing, before you could sample blood. So you're going, you're solving these crimes using like more analog devices or more um, uh, evidence-based uh, trials. Um, and I think that's cool, but also I do miss the, uh, sampling blood and DNA and hair samples and all that stuff. Yeah. Jessica. Is this the one that has Herlock Shlomes? I was just going to get there. That was my next point. So the one thing that everyone probably knows about this game is that it contains a character named Herlock Shlomes. Um, an incredibly energetic, um, in-your-face kind of detective who is essentially Sherlock Holmes. Um, they just switched the letters around to make him a little bit more unique, but he is a highlight in this game. When I say like some of the characters are not as impressive as games in or as characters in any other games, Sherlock Holmes is like doing dance moves while he's uh, deducing situations he'll like spin towards a corner and be like there's actually evidence over here and then he'll slide across the room to the next place and be like there's more evidence over here as well so he was good um there's two games that came out i know the second game is being praised as a lot better than the first game and i know the f first game is setting up essentially the plot of number two so I think that's why the first game I'm like, ah, it's like it's a mid-tier one of these for me. Um, because it's more so setting up the overall plot and character journeys of the second game. So I put about 30, 30 hours into it. It was a it's a pretty long visual novel if you're into that kind of stuff. Um I'm just excited to see what number two does and where where that takes me. But I really don't have that much more to say. It was like I said, another one of those. If you played a Phoenix Wright game, I'd still recommend it. I just don't think it's like a top three or even a top four one of those um i did want to hop over to jessica we did talk about pokemon for a bit last week but jessica wasn't here and she has been playing it so i actually wouldn't mind hearing some of jessica's thoughts on pokemon pearl and even um i know you've been traveling so i guess you've been playing it on the go quite a bit oh yeah it's not traveling sorry but i've been staying down in my mom's so oh, i don't great. yeah sorry um didn't have access to all my consoles and stuff um and in regards to pokemon i'm playing shining pearl and I've not played it before. It's my first time playing Free Shining Pearl. And I don't play a lot of the mainline Pokemon games. I usually play a bunch of the spin-off stuff like Snap and Stadium and um, all those ones. But it stands out to me as someone who only has really played uh, Red, Blue and the remakes of them, like Fire Red and all. Um, it's a lot different to me. I know people say that Pokemon games are follow the same sort of formula. But for me, having the time and the space and 
this taking the elements like I heard you say last week about you just you can use your TMs cut and surf without forcing you to have a really bad Pokemon like Bidoof in your party exactly yeah like that's I know it's something small but it's like jumping in Dark Souls it's like revolutionary in Pokemon (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it even though I am taking my time Um, I also picked Piplup as a starter whoops Uh, (laughs) yeah I have no regrets now I know I was talking about regretting it last week but I love my my uh, my penguin family. We're all good here. <laughs> he is adorable. <laughs> He's I did, adorable. I thought I was going to struggle in the second gym because it is mm-hmm. uh, grass. Grass, yep. Yeah. Um, but then I had a Starly, so I could I could do it no problem. It is fun, and it is it's taking some of the things that I'm used to in Pokemon and doing stuff different. Um, I realize that's not for everyone because this is pretty much a faithful remake, and I am mm-hmm. late to the Shining Pearl diamond train but um yeah do you have any more thoughts um not really i think pokemon pearl um i've only been the second gym so like i'm i'm taking my time with this game it's kind of also a podcast game for me now where like i'll go in the grass i'm going to train my pokemon maybe look for some new ones while i listen to whatever shows i'm behind on um it's good like it's it's to me it's another pokemon game that with the new additions aside, like the HMs and such, I know what to expect, and I'm just having a good time with it. Like, my expectations were pretty much met by this thing, so I'm enjoying it. I'm not, like, playing it five hours every day, can't sleep, got to stay up till two in the morning kind of thing. Like, I'm doing an hour or two a day, taking my time and not really rushing it. Um, yeah, I one thing my... I will say with it, like, I mentioned mm-hmm. at the start, sorry, and I kind of went on a tangent, but... Because I have been staying at my mom's and I don't have access to stuff. Things like Xbox Cloud and the Switch have been incredible to mm-hmm. me. Like being able to take that Switch and just use it as a portable thing. I'm actually able to play Pokemon even though I had to be somewhere else. I'm able to play, if I wanted, I could play Forza Horizon 5 on my phone with a PS4 controller yeah. because of because of the xCloud stuff. Like that stuff is really, really great. And it's really helped me out this week. And I hope that playstation can kind of have a something like that i know they have remote play but i don't have access to a, a ps4 even haven't been able to play playstation games um not the vita but something like maybe on mobile like what xbox is doing um i think it'd be really great if the whole trifecta of them could um get portability working are you um are you curious about get, getting the steam deck at all when it comes out next year the the portable steam machine i would have been very curious if i hadn't just bought a gaming laptop um so my my bank account was like don't do it (laughs) (laughs) and apparently you can't get your hands on one anyway but eventually i would love i would love to get a steam deck yeah what what about you mark is the steam deck something that you're eyeing up you know it all depends on what games will be on it because i'm still confused the only thing that's been really advertised i'm like ooh, that one is a control and just the going back to the like the switch and not just like the f- like first party stuff, but a game like Skyrim that I play like multiple times. But just the like I get to lay in my bed, don't have to look at the TV or just go on the go with something like that. And having something with like a Steam Deck, like the games that they can offer, I'm going to be really curious about that. And I'm pretty sure they've announced, too, that like any progress you make on your Steam Deck will... So say you play Control on your Steam Deck, and then the next day you go to your PC to play it. It picks up where you left off on your Steam Deck. Like, the cloud saves are going to go between the PC and the handheld. So you can pick up and uh, stop playing wherever you want, which is neat. I still remember back in 2017 when the Switch first launched, and being able to play Breath of the Wild on my TV 
realized I'd go to, go to work in 10 minutes. So I grab my console, I go on the bus, and I just pick up where I left off on my transportation to work. That's such a, a fun and unique thing that I still haven't really gotten over almost four years later. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of like back to Pokemon Pearl. I don't really have any more expansive thoughts on it as a whole. How far are you into it, Jess? I think I haven't seen as you have done the second gen, but then I got distracted with I unlocked the underground. I think that's what it's mm, called. Yeah, me and too. Again, again, not being part of the Pokemon main free. I don't know if this is new or, but it just seems so massive to try and accomplish all everything in there. Yeah, I think there's something like it in the original Diamond and Pearls, but I think this version of it is new for the remakes. Um, I didn't play the original uh, games when they came out, so it's all kind of new for me as well. The one thing with Pokemon Pearl, I'm just waiting for the story to pick up a little bit. I've heard so much about Team Galactic and their story of conquering space and time. I really want to do that. But so far, all I'm doing is taking out grunts with one-hit KOs. And Yeah, same. It seems, that seems very traditional Pokemon to me, so hopefully it does pick up later on. Yeah, I do like that, that you have two rivals in the game. I don't know if this is the first game that would allow that, but... Throughout your journey, you're facing off against two trainers almost constantly, comparing your Pokemon to theirs and seeing who's uh, who's top dog in the Pokemon world. Um, but yeah, I'm going to keep playing through it slow, slowly and steadily. Mark, you also had Super Hot VR on your list, which is a game I played prob- probably around this time last year. And I think for me personally, it's the sweatiest VR game I think I ever played. And like I said, I'm that's a personal thing. Um, but how are you enjoying it so far? Now, what uh, platform did you play it on? Uh, I was playing it on PSVR. So I play it on the, uh, I just got an Oculus Quest 2. Nice. And it's interesting, I brought up that game, because A, super hot, especially with the 360, there's no core, it's amazing. But I feel like the, for people in my life that don't game, that's kind of like the item they're like, hey, you have the Oculus, how is it? they really want it and i'm like that's an interesting thing like non-gamers that's the hot item i think vr is slowly becoming more mainstream which is weird because it's been about five or six years where you know there's maybe one or two big games every year people talk about but Mm -hmm. i think oculus has really started paving the way for a more mainstream take on vr yeah definitely and the super high if it wasn't for this uh, fitness game or service Supernatural on the Oculus, mm. I totally agree that is definitely the sweatiest. <laughs> and just like, it is embarrassing because when you're playing the game, you just feel like a badass, like yeah. Neo from The Matrix. But I would hate for someone to record me while playing it because it would look so stupid. I was going to say, for people who don't know what super hot is, you are essentially Neo in The Matrix. Um just real quick, the whole concept of Super Hot is whenever you move, time moves around you. Um, so essentially, if somebody shoots a bullet in your direction, the bullet only heads towards you as your arms move or your body moves. So if you want, you can do the Neo bend backwards and dodge the bullet thing. Um, and that's the main mechanic. But they, they're they so creative with how they utilize it in every level of that game. Um, Mark, how does it feel being Neo? Uh whoa (laughs) (laughs) no you're breathtaking no you're breathtaking you're beautiful (laughs) thank you thank you oh that was actually meant for jessica but you oh ow ow (laughs) (laughs) somebody had to say it i i'll take credit where i can get it um uh have you uh have you beat the vr or the super hot vr yet or you're just making your way through it slowly 
I feel like I'm at the end. Like, it's one of those games, like, yeah, I'll just play for, like, a level. And then next thing you know, mm-hmm. you were just sweaty. It's an hour later. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I legitimately think I had to, like, put a towel under my feet when I was playing this game. Like, it was, like, it was bad. But I couldn't stop playing it. Um, especially because as you play it, you get more weapons and powers, too. You start off with, like, a simple handgun. And then you end up with a shotgun, then a submachine gun. Next thing you know, you're you're throwing, like, ninjutsu knives at at uh at enemies it's it's a fantastic feeling i and actually I never thought this no go ahead mark go ahead and i forgot like you have like mind powers which i keep forgetting to use because i'm like i just want to throw this bottle at this guy yeah i forgot about the mind powers like as you uh level up there's almost like not not skill trees but you can um do you want to explain the mind powers because like i said it was it was about a year ago i played it and i actually can't remember details of how they work to be honest, I still don't because they introduced that mechanic, but it's something like when they introduce something, it's like, yeah, that's cool, but I want to go to like shooting and throwing ninja stars at people. Yeah. Well, I think one of the ones you could get was like every five enemies you kill regenerates half a heart of health. Like it's stuff like that where um, I feel I got one like that. That was because my, big, my biggest issue with the game was I died so fast. So if I had the chance to regenerate any health at all so I could get a little bit farther, that was like the main thing for me. Um, but yeah, what a cool game overall. Um, Jessica, you had some thoughts about Super Hot. Just the one contribution I could make to this is that <laughs> A, I would have played it more. I had it on PSVR, but PSVR is such a convoluted thing to set up. I'd love to play it on the Oculus. Uh, and the other thing is, it's the most unintentionally scary game I've ever played because turning around and just getting shot in the face <laughs> is quite the experience. Um, it literally felt like someone had just shot me and I was just dead when it went to black. Uh, so yeah, that's literally all I can contribute to that. But I would love to play it more. It's such an awesome concept. Yeah, it's, it's good to uh, to let people know that you're in these like this giant black and white 3D environments. So you're running upstairs, you're hiding behind bookshelves. But because every time you move, somebody else moves, somebody could be like sneaking up behind you for all you know. And they've been there the entire time. You think you're having the best run of your life and then you're shot in the back of the head and they have to go back and redo the entire level from the start again. Um, Mark, with your Oculus Rift 2, are you planning on getting Resident Evil 4 at all? Absolutely, because my sister just got it and she's been raving about it. And it's funny, I've never played any Resident Evil game. I do. What's that recent one? Uh, Village. Village. Yeah. I do want to play that, but Resonance for having my first experience, especially with the Oculus, mm-hmm. that's going to be interesting. I think that's going to be a better VR experience than Resident Evil Seven VR. Um, if that was your first Resident Evil VR experience, that might be a little bit too much. But I think Res Four is campy enough that you'll have a good VR time in there. Um, I know that it's a different game in VR than it is on console because they had to um, obviously make boss fights play differently because you're looking at them from a different perspective and everything. So, yeah, I'd love to hear more thoughts on uh, on Res 4 when that comes in, uh, goes into your life. <laughs> um, so I got one more game on my list. Lots of games today, like I was telling you guys at the beginning. Have you guys heard of this game, Unpacking? Just yeah, in general. Heard, no. Play. So I've been hearing about it as like, oh, it's this little indie game. It takes like three to four hours to play. It's very short. And the whole premise is it takes the simple action of unpacking and turns it into a game, which doesn't sound interesting at first. But the game's narrative is that you play as one person 
and you are every time they move you're unpacking their boxes and you're learning a lot about them about their hobbies their religion their career what are they into so the first level you are five years old and you're moving into your first childhood bedroom so most of your boxes are full of stuffed toys little action figures picture books and you just click the item you can put them almost anywhere you have creative choice about where most things are going and then the game says congratulations you just moved into your your first bedroom um then there will be a 10-year time jump and now you're going off to university for the first time and now you have posters of your favorite boy bands now you have donnie darko on dvd um it's really really cool and very chill playing this game and all you're doing is going from the kitchen to the bathroom to the living room to your bedroom as you move into more houses they get bigger and bigger obviously you're doing well in your career so you have enough money for more space um at one point in the game you move into a boyfriend's house and the kind of obstacle there is that all of his stuff is already there and you must unpack around his stuff which you also start to realize man there's no room for my stuff in this guy's apartment like i'm i'm moving in but it is his apartment, not mine. To a point where it's like, I guess I'll hang my college diploma in the bathroom because there's nowhere else to hang it because he refuses to move his queen poster from the living room. Um, it is just a, is, is a very chill game, fantastic music. Um, every time you finish a room, the game can auto-generate a GIF of you, of how you built that room, um, which is very cool. And I just like, I, I played it last week. And then last night I got my partner. I was like, you need to play unpacking. Please play unpacking. And she did. And she had a great time with it last night as well. Yeah, I'm curious just about the controls because I haven't played it yet. My brother mm -hmm. played it and he actually let my mom play it. He just doesn't play games, not since yeah. like Pac-Man. Um, and she really loved it. And she was able to just pick it up straight up and, and play it. Are they, are they like simplified controls? So I played, it's on Game Pass for PC. So I just used a mouse. Um, you use a keyboard okay. to type in your name at the beginning. But besides that, it's just clicking a, a point and click kind of game. If you're playing on console, which I do think this game is available on Xbox, it's not on Switch or PlayStation, I think. I don't know how it plays with a controller, but I assume PC is probably the better way of getting it done. Um, so yeah, no, I just want to show that the soundtrack, the, the game and design itself. Any questions about unpacking, Mark? I was going to ask if it was on the Switch or PlayStation. It's. It feels like a missed opportunity for it to not be on Switch. Um, exactly. Game, yeah, and I think I think it's even like twenty five dollars on Xbox, which might be a little bit high. Like I said, it's about three to four hours in total, but it is a very satisfying game. It rolls credits and it it never overstays its welcome. It finishes when it needs to finish. I also thought maybe it was going to be like a morbid game where like the last thing I'm doing is designing like the retirement home that my character lives in. No, no, you end at like she's just living her good life. She's DLC. Probably, like, DLC, the DLC <laughs> retirement home DLC. Um, unpacking our emotional baggage. <laughs> um, so no, I, I really enjoyed it. And I think similar to it takes two, this game pretty much secured a spot in my top ten game of the year after I beat it. Just unique. Who would have thought turning the simple idea of unpacking, which we've all done, like it's a, it's a thing that is universally uh, something that connects us, that we've all done this one thing. And unpacking is also a game. There, there can't be a movie called Unpacking. There can't be a TV show called Unpacking. That'd be a very boring show. Even if it was like Hugh Jackman is unpacking. Um, like this idea could only be told in the video game medium. And I think that's why it works so well for me. 
Um, there's one last game we're going to talk about this week, and then we'll get into news. Uh, Mark's been playing Avengers. Um, and remind me, Mark, are you uh, you're playing the main game at the moment? Okay, first of all, I would watch Hugh Jackman unpack. <laughs> it's a three-and-a-half-hour uh, Oscar-winning movie, black and white. Green light at Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not really the – I mean, it is technically the base game, but just, like, jumping around missions. So we're recording this the day before the Spider-Man DLC for PlayStation comes out. Mm-hmm. And – Marvel's Avengers is a game I'll defend, but not hard. I'm not going to get into a debate over it. Like, there's some games, like, you're going to defend. And because ultimately, like, it's a very flawed game. And a lot of people, rightfully so, they've been complaining about the Spider-Man DLC because they don't have any story missions. But it's free. Uh, Okay. I like free. Yeah, if it was like you gotta pay like ten bucks, I'd be like, all right, no. But it's like all the DLC is free. Eh. And when it comes to like defending Avengers, like it's the multiplayer that needs defending. I heard good things about the campaign in the base game. I heard it's pretty great. good things about the Black Panther DLC. So like, I think it's the multiplayer that gets so much slack from the gaming industry. But like how poorly executed that was. But I've always been curious about hopping into the the main campaign and any of the DLCs. Yeah, like defending Avengers is like defending my football team, the New York Giants. I, I'll defend them, but yeah, it's not the greatest. Yeah, no, I'm a Maple Leafs fan, and oh boy, is it tough. Ooh. Yeah. Condolences yeah. to Kyle. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> have you played, you did play the Black Panther DLC though, right? I did, and that was in- incredible. With the exception of like, I, I don't like playing as Black Widow or Hulk. Mm-hmm. All the characters control well, but Black Panther, definitely the best. Interesting. I know I was talking to Jessica a few weeks ago, and you said that Thor was your favorite avenger i think to play as yeah i love i love the the um just throwing the hammer that is my one move i throw the yeah. hammer i bring it back and i fly <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's like favorite. kratos yeah <laughs> um so are you excited for the spider-man dlc i know you talked about there's no story missions going to be for it but you get to play a spider-man i mean that's usually always fun and is it a compliment to insomniac games because everyone's saying like oh this is trash compared to insomniac games i'm like it looks good like it's like buying the generic store brand oreos like the chocolate mm-hmm. sandwich cookies <laughs> yeah it's good but it's not gonna be oreos yeah like i'm not expecting them to put like a whole like life-size replica map of new york city in avengers like they do with spider-man right yeah well, you listen, know what? As- i i trust them with their character design if i'm honest because every single one that they've added both old and new have had something unique going on with them I've I've just had fun with every single one from Black Widow, Kamala, Thor, Iron Man used to be my favorite. It's like, oh, I'll try this one. Oh, this is my favorite. I'll try this one. This is my favorite. And I trust that they're going to do something interesting with Spider-Man. Have they announced, like, I know there's no story missions. So are they just dropping Spider-Man into the game and you just play pre-existing missions as him? Um, I have not been caught up on the news for this as much as I should be. But is there going to be, like... A, a, a single three-hour story arc with Spider-Man or anything? No. So all I saw was animated cutscenes. Like, if you remember in the game, after the uh, A-Day, or, yeah, it was A-Day, 
and they showed like Bruce Banner in their courtroom and it was like comic style. Mm -hmm. That's how I interpret like these cutscenes and audio logs. But I think it's just going to be like, not even like, I think maybe just like missions, like you're investigating aim and you're dropped in. Do you know they're dropping any like, uh, like antagonist from Spider? Are there any other Spider-Man characters coming with this DLC? Like, is Green Goblin going to be into any- nothing? Eh? No. Besides references, I think it's just Spider-Man, and I get the reason for no story missions because they explain to paraphrase like we want to focus on con- uh, content for both consoles, which maybe you should have had Spider-Man and Xbox, but I, mm. I get it, Sony. You know, like the show. Yeah. Yeah, it should be stated that this DLC we're talking about is only coming to Sony platforms. It is not coming to Microsoft or uh, the PC version of the game either. No. Um, which I know there was a lot of fiasco when they first announced it. But based off how much content you're actually getting with this free update, doesn't feel like you're missing out on too, too much. Yeah, and keep in mind, like, all the updates are free. So that's, like, one of the defending things about Avengers and Black Panther. Both Kate Bishop and Clint Hawkeye DLCs have been free. Mm-hmm. Honestly, with Spider-Man, it's something like I'll play for a week. I'll forget about and then I'll jump in. I'm like, oh, this is good. Like, I won't invest too much time, but I'll have a blast. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, are you planning on hopping into the new Avengers or are you kind of done with the game as a whole? Uh, well, I have it on Xbox, so I will not oh. be able to experience Spider-Man. And right. on the one hand, I'm kind of glad I'm not missing out on story. Um, on the other hand, what if you were someone who was like, oh, my God, I love Spider-Man. For next gen, I'm going to get a PS5 over an Xbox. And you're like, oh, I just get this. Um, that's the whole exclusivity thing. But um, I will definitely come back whenever they have a DLC that I can play. That's what I do with Avengers. I play it for a little bit. I come back with the new DLC and I have a really good time. Yeah, if you're looking to buy a Sony console for this DLC, maybe just get a cheap PS4. Don't go all in on the PS5 just for the Spider-Man DLC. I mean, at that point, you can get Miles uh, Morales and the Corp game for a great price, probably. But do not get a PS5 just for this DLC. <laughs> no, no, but if you're, if you're a huge Spider-Man fan and you're like, well, obviously I got PS5. And then, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> and first off, like, good luck trying to get a PlayStation 5. If you're able 100%. to get one, kudos to you. Great job. Uh, yep. Second, PlayStation over Xbox just to get this DLC? No. But playing both Spider-Man, Insomniac, and Miles Morales? Absolutely. Especially when, like, I'm pretty sure they just added Avengers to Game Pass. So if you got an Xbox, you pay yeah. you pay $6 or $7, and you got pretty much all that game with almost all of its DLC, including the Black Panther and the Hawkeye and everything. So there are other routes to go, and I, I don't think you're missing much with the Spider-Man. From what I'm hearing, maybe tomorrow I wake up and I see news articles saying this is the best DLC of the year. Take that, Yuffie. Um, Ooh, no idea. I don't think that's uh, gonna come true. That's the definition no. of a hot, hot, hot take. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I don't think it's gonna Next happen. Next podcast episode: Key Gamer, Spider-Man, <laughs> Avengers, Best DLC, King Gamer Podcast. Kyle was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> episode um, 98 episode 98 <laughs> the deleted episode sorry it didn't record for some reason i don't know what happened to the audio <laughs> um it sounds interesting um i'm gonna ch- i'm gonna keep my eye open on and uh see some takes tomorrow are you planning on covering the dlc at all mark for the website or uh i was thinking about it but it's like what can you cover yeah that's true like you covered the black panther 
there's a lot you can mine from and basically all the DLC, but it's like you play Spider-Man. How does it feel? And that's it. You can shoot webs and you can climb on buildings. Whoa. <laughs> I don't even know who the voice actor is for Spider-Man. I was going to ask about that, but there's a lot of like Spider-Man impersonators out there. I'm sure it's pretty easy to get somebody to to voice nerdy high school student Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's Avengers. Just to recap all the games we talked about today, we did It Takes Two, Forza Horizon 5, Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, Great Ace Attorney Adventures, Pokemon Shining Pearl, Super Hot VR, Unpacking, and Marvel's Avengers. Lots of games. Are you guys in the same headspace as me right now? There's only one month left in the year. I'm trying to crush as many games as possible right now. I'm sorry, Maybe we just only me. have one month left? Yeah, apparently oh, it's already December. I don't know how it happened, but we are two days away from it being the last month of the year. So I'm looking at all the games from this year I've missed, and I'm just like, okay, what can I beat today? What can I beat today? I, I try to think about that, but it's more of like, I got to beat this, but I'm so distracted. Like, mm -hmm. this is the first time in a while I've not gotten any games during Black Friday, because I'm like, I'm going to buy these games, and I'm not going to play them until like next year yeah the amount of games i bought because i wanted to play them but they're still sealed on my shelf behind me right now i don't even want to think about it like there's and then the next thing i know it's on game pass five months later i'm like oh great i paid 80 bucks for it now i could just like download it kind of thing but i don't know between uh tv shows like hawkeye coming out and like movies like there's so much good media spider-man's coming out very soon the movie not the dlc well both um yeah I'm trying to play as many games, watch as many movies, all that stuff before the end of the year. But let's hop into the news. We have quite a few news stories for the week. Um, we're going to gloss through them, I think, pretty quickly so we can get to our Guardians conversation. Um, the first one here is that Epic Studios has bought Harmonix. And Harmonix was mostly known for creating the Rock Band games uh, a decade ago, you know, the, the popular plastic instrument craze that happened. They also released a game last year called Fuser, which I think was really, really good that people slept on. And essentially, it was like um, they had licensed music. So like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams and X Gonna Give It To You. And you could clash those two songs together and somehow it would make a really, really great combo or a really good mix of those songs. Um so Epic has bought them and has been very transparent to being like, they're working on Fortnite. We bought Harmonix and now they're a Fortnite team. Um, obviously Fortnite has done musical stuff before with like Travis Scott and Ariana Grande. Um, what do you think that we could see from the Harmonix and Epic um, collaboration, Jessica? Any uh, ideas? I am interested because I do I jump in and out of Fortnite every once in a while. I do come back for the concerts whenever they do them, but it is more of a passive experience. You're just mm -hmm. sitting there watching it happen. Um, so I'd be interested to see what like what they're working on in regards to that. Um, I did also see that they said they were continuing to make new games mm -hmm. as well as the Fortnite stuff. So as a Fortnite fan and as an old rock band fan, yeah. I'm excited because Epic has just like billions of dollars. So hopefully Harmonix <laughs> won't die and they continue to make uh, interesting games while doing weird Fortnite stuff. Yeah, very important to say that like, yeah, Harmonix did say we are still working on DLC for Rock Band 4 and we are still working on DLC for Fuser. So they're not abandoning their last projects. If anything, 
it's kind of nice to know that they have some funding and that harmonics will be okay for at least the next few years because they've always been hit or miss with their releases in terms of popularity and they haven't really um had a big popular release since like a rock band 2 or something everything comes out and it gets like okay reception but they haven't had that breakthrough hit that you know helps keep harmonics on everyone's uh lips um mark are you a Fortnite guy at all or i'm not sure i am not uh i feel like if i'm talking about Fortnite because i have nephews who play it mm-hmm. uh, i'm the old guy in the room <laughs> back in my day it was mario and sonic and pong Bomberman. <laughs> exactly yeah um i think that there could be a really cool like i done the i did the ariana grande concert experience not too long ago and i think that harmonics you know they do really good with like their um their stage design and their like audience effects and stuff and honestly if they announce a uh silk sonic Fortnite event and i'm like doing a rhythm game where i'm hitting buttons to the rhythm of like the music that could be really cool and it doesn't involve any plastic instruments so that'd be uh pretty nice as well but we'll see if anything happens i mean something will happen there i am very curious to see what that thing is going to be um also in the news this week infamous spaceman jeff bezos wants to make a mass effect tv show um amazon is uh amazon video already has a sci-fi show called the expanse which is coming to an end very very soon and from what i'm reading in this uh av club article is that amazon wants to have a new hit sci-fi show and it may be based on the popular ip of mass effect i'm a little worried hearing this news i feel like that we're getting so much video game media these days like look at this year alone we got resident evil we got a resident evil movie we got um uh, there's an Uncharted movie coming out very soon. Feels like we're kind of hitting an oversaturation of video game adaptions, and they haven't even really come out yet. I don't know, Jessica. Are you looking forward to a Mass Effect TV show from Amazon Studios? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm kind of the opposite. I'm glad that video games are kind of in their heyday now of getting adaptations. Because I mean, think about the old Doom and uh, was it the old Mortal Kombat? Yeah. Like, Watching an old video game movie or a TV show if I got made was oh and the Mario one, how can I forget about that? Was the Street just, Fighter one. Yeah, yeah, just atrocious. But um Uncharted. How dare well, you. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Hopper's Bowser was amazing. Oh, unforgettable. Yeah. I can't believe you got that for the Oscar. Um, but yeah, Mass Effect, like I have been a huge Mass Effect fan mm-hmm. for a long time. Somebody picking it up is nice. I would I have seen a lot of um a little bit interesting a conversation about how they could adapt it because the, the, the whole reason Mass Effect works is you take the character of Shepard and you create the story you want to make with it. Mm-hmm. Um, with regard to the TV show, I'd love for them to bring back some of those voice actors, like especially like um, Jennifer Hale. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they had so many big names um, in the cast. I'd like for some of them and the writers because obviously we all remember it because of the writing. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they don't big brand it and make it a shell of what people love about it ryan reynolds is shepherd <laughs> chris pratt oh, no. <laughs> don't put that into the world jess what did you do uh, chris pratt as Edie. Oh. <laughs> uh as long as seth green gets uh is a joker is joker the pilot this just cast him in that role he's perfect yeah, perfect seth green. We uh, mark, mark are you looking forward to a mass effect tv show hypothetically or potentially Yes, and I think no. Let me just pitch this. I have not played any of the Mass Effects yet. I do want to get the uh, 
I think it's the legendary edition where you get all the games. So it's basically you have dialogue trees and it affects the outcomes of, you know, game, right? So what if that was basically the TV show of how there's been like they've experimented with like Netflix, uh, the Black Mirror, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Like, imagine that. I was imagining that before we went live. I was thinking about what if they did, like, create your own choices and, you know, have the Paragon Renegade effect in the TV show. I think that restricts the creativity and, like, the scope of what they can do if they choose to do that. I'd rather the, I'd rather the writers feel confident enough in a story they're telling from point A to point Z without letting the consumer choose whether they want to go you know like a choose your own adventure book if you want to hang out with tally go to page 17 if you want to hang out with garris go to page 18 or whatever i'd rather just like to see some some confident writers and even some old mass effect writers like jessica was saying come back and just tell a cohesive story in the mass effect universe i don't even know if i want to see shepherd in, in this thing i'm almost more curious about like a mandalorian-esque like each episode is a different story because for me, Mass Effect, I love the side quests. I love the side quests probably more so than the main journey. And I'd rather just get more um, insight into these planets and these species and the economy and the, you know, what's going on with the with the politics in space. So that, um, that's what I'd want to see. I'd be very interested to see what sort of tone they'd go for because mm -hmm. the first one was sort of like space opera, grand exploring. Second one was like their empire strike back darker yeah. tone more focused on the loyalty missions and the third one to me just seemed like straight out action film yeah um and i don't want to know what part of the mass effect universe they'd be drawing from for the tv show yeah i'd be curious too and like i said i'd be i think if you do it without shepherd there's a lot less um you have a lot less people to disappoint if you do it poorly whereas if you say here's a new character here is um sam's uh I don't. I can't think of a good fake name right now. Here's Sam Kleenex Box, uh, and he is the new hero of the galaxy. I'm just looking around the room for things. Um, I'd rather see a new avatar, and I'd rather see the Mass Effect universe through the eyes of somebody who isn't Shepard. Maybe somebody because because Earth is like as a, a living planet. I'd like to see somebody go from Earth, a relatable human being. They go off into space, and they have to learn all this stuff alongside us, the viewers. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Would you want this to be live action or animated? Do you think that it can be well, like better done as animated? Because recently we've seen shows like Arcane and Castlevania do video game adaptions with animation really well. But also, I think a live action is probably what you want from this thing. Mark, I think live. I think Amazon definitely live action because mm -hmm. if they want this to be the next hit, because I feel like all these uh, streaming platforms are trying to get like their next game of thrones yeah and now the next man or and with amazon will of time they're even having the lord of the rings show mm -hmm. and i feel like with mass effect that would be the perfect avenue only thing i'm scared about with this show is how how's the spaceship gonna look because jeff bezos spaceship <laughs> was a little uh <clears throat> penile it was, it, um, yeah, I think the Normandy will hopefully be the scale of what we know in the games. If they're in the Normandy, uh, they're in a different ship. If they're in Jeff Bezos' ship, that's just cancel Ooh. the show now. Um, <laughs> no, like, I think that if they want to do this, they have to throw a lot of money at it. They have to get great actors, great writers. Because I think 
like you're saying, Mark, so many companies are looking for that next big Game of Thrones, whether it's Wheel of Time, Shadow and Bone. Like, I want to try these shows, but I'm still so burnt from Game of Thrones. I'm like, do I really want more high fantasy in my life? But Mass Effect being a nice blend of sci-fi, fantasy, um, action, adventure. There's like even a heist element to it. Like Mass Effect 2 is all about getting the gang together. And we're going to do this great mission at the end, which we won't all make it out, but we'll try. Um, I, I, I got high hopes, like I was saying before. Resident Evil movie came out, got really bad reviews. Uncharted looks okay. So I just, I'm hoping for a really good video game adaption in the future. Mark? I think... If you want to look at a good video game adaption, look at The Witcher. And granted, yeah. they're based on a series of books, and it's not really about the game, but, you know, it counts. I think it's so a like, good, yeah, that's a good one to pick. So that's kind of like the confidence I have. And Amazon Prime, they put out a lot of good shows. I know we mentioned Jeff Bezos, but he's not going to be in any creative decisions. He's not going to go in the writer's room and be like, hey, I got some ideas. I'm Jeff Bezos. He will not cast himself as Garrus. I promise you that. You say that now. <laughs> There'd be a lot but. of body pillows being thrown in the garbage if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm, I'm confident about it. Yeah, I'm going to remain optimistic on this one, I think. Or, or at um, least like who's the showrunners? Like, yeah, just like they're developing. But let's see the writers, the production team, the actors getting cast and what they actually do with these characters i don't know what casey hudson's doing right now but if he wants to produce or help write like casey hudson was like one of the main key people behind mass effect success back in the day and i'd love to see maybe just his input or like i said some people who were there on the ground floor when that thing was being built to at least give input on what how the show could succeed in the future um mass effect tv show we'll keep our eyes open for that uh returnal the developers behind Returnal had a bit of a tease on Twitter. Um, possibly some DLC, maybe. Jessica, do you know uh, what's going on with the Returnal stuff? Yeah, well, I first saw it because I, I quite like Returnal. I did the review for King Gamer back when it came out as well. Um, and they did say that they were working on new content. And then the update came out with the photo mode and the, the updated save state stuff, but I haven't jumped into it since. So people were kind of confused with what they meant DLC or not. And then they've just put up a, a an odd looking picture that's appropriate to um, Returnal's, the, the look of Returnal, but it looks like a, to me, it looks like a live action shot, not like a oh. DLC shot. And then I saw, well, I can't remember who it was, but they said on Twitter, somebody who works on the game, that they just shot something new and they were very excited for it. So I don't know if it's DLC, a sequel, some sort of documentary, but just anything more Returnal to me is very interesting. And lots of people have been speculating online about it as well. Yeah, Returnal is one of the games of the year I want to play, but I just have not had a chance to pick it up yet. When it came out in like March or April of this year, I was like, that'll be a PS Plus game in like four months. And here I am not playing it for free and having to go buy it with money. Um, do you think that this is something that we could see at the Game Awards next week? Like, we're, it's about seven days away. They're teasing something. Game Awards is going to have 50 new reveal trailers. Do you think that we could see something yeah, then? I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think yeah. they are teasing it to try and build up some stuff for the Game Awards. At least I hope so as a Returnal fan. And house, housemark of, uh, I mean, there's some really great stuff. And I'm really glad that people love Returnal. And it was really popular. I know it didn't get a Game of the Award nomination, but loads of people loved it. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. 
it was such a unique triple a title like this bullet hell roguelike like it's such a unique game that i think people were afraid to even give it give it a shot i've always wanted to play it i, just, I was like ah, oh, maybe 40 bucks 50 bucks not the full 90 because it's a ps5 exclusive so it does run for that slightly higher price tag it's not on ps4 i don't think um yeah and like you were saying do you know what you could but do you think it'd be like a different level, a different planet? Like any any theories for you so far? Stuff I've saw, and I think it makes sense. If it is DLC, it would be a different biome. They have different biomes mm. where you go through and you do the level. Um, I, I'd hope if it was, it wouldn't be at the end of the game because I'd hate to have to try and build up your guns, your abilities, your items, and then get to that point in the DLC. But I'm I'm sure yeah. I'm sure they'd implement something a little where you can maybe just jump right into it. Um. Yeah, I think um, I'm super pumped for Game Awards. Like, not even for the awards. Just I, I want to see announcements. I want to see, like, the new... Um, if there's, like, a Final Fantasy 16 trailer, even if it's, like, more Splatoon 3, like I was saying last week, which I feel like is probably going to be there. Um, yeah, this Returnal stuff may come out. And honestly, if they're like, there's new DLC for Returnal. It is now half price on the PSN store. I'm, I'm ready to buy that game pretty much at any point. Uh, Mark, have you played Returnal at all? No, I kind of had a similar thing of you. I'm like, oh, this will be like a good PlayStation Plus game. <laughs> and it's like, is that going to come soon? No. no it, oh, man. Oh, what do we have now? Knockout City? Oh, okay, I guess I'll, I'll play Knockout City for free. That's fine. <laughs> of course, uh, I think they just announced the December one. And I just bought the DLs, uh, <laughs> DC Lego Super Villains. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's free. I'm like, no done. <laughs> oh my god i hate when that happens um but yeah we'll, we'll probably find out more about returnal i assume next week if not maybe sony has a showcase in january february that they they include the returnal news in we're gonna go back to bioware for a moment we're talking about the mass effect tv show but let's go back to bioware and their video games uh dragon age 4 a lot of people are looking forward to this game a lot of people love dragon age so it must be a little scary when you read that the creative director has just left the development of this game jessica you're a big dragon age fan correct yeah i am and um as a dragon age fan it's been kind of a dry spell we haven't had a dragon age game since inquisition and that was the start of the ps4 generation um due to the reports of jason schreier like it has been rebooted it was more sort of like a live servicey type game and then they saw the success of things like jedi fallen order as a single player game i wanted to bring it back around to that which as a dragon age fan i'm ecstatic about because that's the whole reason people love dragon age um but this is just one of many people that have been leaving the project recently um i think the third or fourth person in like this year who's left the project yeah, like it, it's a little, I wouldn't say scary, it's a bit of an overreaction, but if they've rebooted it, and he was just talking on Twitter recently about about the game and about recruiting for Bioware, and, like, and this is the creative lead, he's left, he's 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 like an old Bioware guy, he's been there since the 90s, since um, mm -hmm. Baldur's Gate, I'm blanking on the name, was it Baldur's Gate? Um, yeah. Like he's been involved in a lot of stuff, like what happened there, is it a creative thing? They said it was mutual, but it, it looks a little odd. That the creative but, lead would just step down like that presumably sort of ending the cycle of the game even like uh you you uh linked an article to the news story and i was going through it and it seems like staff got an email the day of being like hey just so you guys know uh adam i think his name adam goldman something like that i can't remember uh, sorry yeah yeah uh, hey just so you guys know your creative director is leaving as of today <laughs> um it was like almost no two weeks notice it seemed like it was very very sudden for even the staff working on the game 
And when it comes to Bioware, if you look at their their uh, track history, the last two games were Anthem and Mass Effect Andromeda. So unless I'm forgetting something, but like those last no, two Bioware games right have not been great. Like Anthem was talked about for two days, and then I think they shut down servers like earlier this year, maybe even. Like I don't know if they even support that game. Yeah, I, I did play Anthem for a little bit, for a long time after um, it came out, actually. It was okay, but it just did not feel like a Bioware game. People love Bioware games. Well, I love a Bioware game because of the characters and the story. Mm-hmm. It was trying to have unique gameplay, and it was fun. It really was, but it just had nothing else going for it for me. I had no motivation to play it. I will defend Andromeda. I quite liked Andromeda, yeah. but it had massive issues. Um, and in that email, actually, I did think it was kind of weird. They're like, oh, we won't let this game ship without meeting the standards of bioware and i'm like that doesn't mean a lot these days <laughs> yeah like a 4.5 out of 10 like what's the what's the bar there i don't know yeah I, so I, we- I really hope that somebody somebody fills in that gap on dragon age and we get it soon but i mean i have not a lot of high expectations for it and like you were saying about dragon age 4 originally being a service game i wonder if they changed their mind after the failure that was anthem because anthem was like a service game correct and then they're like you know what Maybe not our genre. Maybe we should walk away from these uh, battle pass um, kind of games. So I Dragon Age 4, I don't know when we'll hear more about it, especially with all the news going around it right now. I could see it being a uh, 2024, like 2025 release, which is very unfortunate to say, but I think they need to put as much time and effort and energy as possible into this thing so it doesn't launch to uh like critical fire like the last two bioware games have so those are our main news stories for the week we talked about harmonics getting bought by epic we talked about the um the mass effect tv show returnal dlc as well as dragon uh age 4's director leaving guys this is it we are getting close to the spoiler part of guardians of the galaxy if you do not want to hear anything about this game uh we're gonna hop in right with the spoilers right away um i'm going to run some gameplay of the game for our youtube audience so they can see some of what we uh we saw when we played um spoilers starting now guys what you guys think of the big reveal that rocket raccoon was actually tony stark's son the entire time like it felt a little obvious like as you played but i thought the actual reveal Mm -hmm. amazing yeah okay so that was a test for all of you out there if you Uh, heard that and started panicking you should not be (laughs) listening to any more of this that was a fake spoiler that doesn't actually happen guys guardians of the galaxy i beat last week and i think uh my main complaints like i said it last week on the show it can be a bit chatty sometimes you know sometimes i glitched out and you know things didn't look the way they should Besides that, I had a really fantastic time with this game. Mark, what were your overall thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy? Which, by the way, Mark did the review for Keen Gamer on this game for us. Yes, and I believe I gave it a 8.5. And maybe my best title I'll ever write in my career, A Fark in Good Time. I love to use the word Fark. I liked that when I saw that on your uh, for your caption. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the and we'll talk about like our expectations going into this game. But man, the key to happiness is just low, low expectations. And this game was, I'm surprised how like often I've been seeing like on the top 10 like games of the year. Like, as I said in my review, this is kind of like the redemption story that Square Enix needed from uh, Marvel's Avengers. 
not even Avengers, but even like stuff like Shadow of the Tomb Raider and like The Quiet Man. Like Square Enix is like almost more missed than hit these days, especially with their like Western studios. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're so right about low expectations really increased my enjoyment of this game because they only announced it like what five months before it came out i think they announced it during e3 the square enix and when i'm like oh guardians will be in the ventures and it's like oh wait (laughs) it's a game that's coming in october what yeah yeah seriously This, this doesn't make sense but they're like the whole like advertising it felt like hey this isn't avengers this is a mm-hmm. single player game, but it still had controversy because you can only play a Star Lord. Yeah. And and somehow like the design of Star Lord was under controversy because he just looked like <laughs> douchey. I mean, he doesn't look like Chris Pratt, so I wasn't I wasn't complaining too much. Yeah, I mean, is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's it's up to you guys. I think it helped uh, distinguish him as a as a different Star Lord than the one that we know through the movies. Because I really do think uh, the movie version of Star Lord is a lot more like uh, stumbles into good situations kind of character. Where I feel like the video games version is an actually like smart, good leader who actively puts himself in good situations. If that makes sense. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Yeah, Jessica, what were your overall thoughts on the game? And then we'll go into more of our uh, niche thoughts. Yeah, I agree if you guys have liked Star-Lord because I agree they're not really like Peter Quill in any of the Marvel films. Um, the only My only interaction with them in the comics is when they cross over to other comics that I've read, but uh, mm-hmm. this version of Peter Quill just seems like a genuinely nice guy. Yeah. He, and I know the Guardians of the Galaxy films is all about family, but I actually really felt it in this game. It, it Yes, it can be a little cheesy at times, but that's what makes it so great. It, it really is this ragtag grip of random people in the galaxy, a raccoon and a tree, and it I feel like people have heard the spiel of it with the film, but for me, and this is why I love it so much. I just did not expect it to love it so much mm-hmm. um, and to feel so connected to these characters. And I don't think it would have worked if you could have just changed a Gamora on the fly or Groot. I think having you play as Peter Quill and sort of kind of um, alter his personality just a little bit. Like, do you want him to be more of like a dishbaggy guy who thinks yeah. he's in charge? Or do you want him to let Drax take over the situation because he believes in Drax's charm with Lady Hellbender? Um, I That's my main takeaway from it. I wasn't mm-hmm. surprised in the gameplay because I do quite like Eidos Montreal games. So I was okay with it. thought it was a bit weird. People started going about Star-Lord's hair. I was like, it's, that's not what you're playing this for. I mean... <laughs> There was a costume I got pretty early on to the game that has worse hair than the default, and I wore that for so long, the 70s style outfit. Yes, anytime they had retro costumes, I put them right on. (laughs) Oh, the the costumes were so good. Was there one costume you guys liked the most that you just stuck with, or did you just like put on the newest one as you got it? I wouldn't, I don't know the exact name, but it was basically like the apocalypse outfit. Yes. Well, it's like, oh my gosh, this, this is awesome. The five horsemen, I think it was. Mm. Yes, there's the one with Groot where he looks like like a burnt tree with like the red. He's got like long branches coming out the back of his head. That one was so cool. Um, so I guess I do want to. Yeah, I guess I do want to ask like between the the first reveal trailer and the first time you sat down to play this game, what were your expectations going into it? I'll start with Jessica. Yeah. Um. 
to me it looked like they were maybe yes i did agree with the points that they were forcing the humor but then i thought it's a guardians of the galaxy game you kind of have to get that across in your trailers yeah uh i did have faith in ios montreal that it'd be a good game um that was my expectations that i'd have a, an enjoyable time with it and as a marvel fan i was like oh i need to buy this when it comes out i don't want to get spoiled or whatever i yeah. did not expect to love it as much as i did and i think mark's right when he said the the key to the happiness is to lower your expectations yeah. it's not it's not going to blow your socks off in any little corner of the game but it's greater than the sum of its parts and it ended up being i think it's my personal favorite game of the year so far um so middling expectations to like right up here whenever i actually played it I'll, I'll ask Mark about his expectations, but like going back to what you said about like, I think there's actually a few moments in this game that totally blew me away. And not like, even if I went in with like adequate expectations, I at no point thought I was going to see a freaking dragon in this thing. You know, fan like that that whole story of going to his planet and looking for him, and then the big battle, and then I have the best screenshot of Peter Quill jumping in the air with his arm in the air, and the dragon's right behind him. It's it's so. That's one of many moments that just blew me away. But Mark, what were your expectations going into this thing? So with the uh, reveal trailer, it it is kind of like, uh, despite any criticisms, it's that Rick and Morty meme when Morty's like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'm going to buy this game. I'm going to play it. But as like, I'm like, oh, this could be good. But I mm -hmm. felt like it's going to be a short game, kind of like the campaign for Avengers, which it had a good campaign, but it was like 10 hours. Yeah. And then playing the game, I was blown away because you get the typical like MCU influences. Mm -hmm. But as Jessica said, like you really felt like this was a family and going like when they're like, guess what? We're going to hunt Fin Fang Foom and their like excitement and their banter. Like I felt like, oh, hell yeah, let's go yeah. together. I think um, going back to Star-Lord, what we're saying about this one being so kind of more compassionate and kind than the movie version, like the whole plot of Guardians 2 is that Peter Quill meets his father and slightly abandons the team so he can bond with Papa Kurt Russell, right? I don't I don't see the video game version of Star-Lord ever doing that. He's like a character who will always put his team before him in most situations. Like there are certain cases where he does do that, um, where I feel like there's still a bit of selfishness in the the, the core movie, even not even just Star-Lord. I think all the movie characters are slightly selfish in their own way, whether it's Rocket or uh, Drax. Um, but I just really just enjoy his personality and his kindness and. I felt like I was like the sixth member of the Guardians when I was on the couch playing this thing. Um, so yeah, those were the expectations. I forgot. I'm looking at the video right now. I forgot that the first level you play a, a mini game against Rocket Raccoon, where you try and see who can shoot more uh, larva nests or something like yes. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Jessica, off the top of your head, could you rank the Guardians from the game from favorite to least favorite, or whichever way you want to do it? I did. I saw that you wrote the start, and I was like, oh, yeah. no, don't let me rank them. But um, <laughs> I, I do love them all. But, yeah. Uh, did you say from least first? Whatever you prefer. You can go first to last or last to first. Well, I'll just do first. It's more positive yeah. that way. <laughs> there we go. Um, I really love Drax, which I did not expect him to be my number one. If I did, I'd assume it would be for, like, comedy. But Drax has such an incredible, like, story arc in this game. Like, even better than I think i don't know how the comics handle it if it's even the same story mm -hmm. but how, how they handle his family being lost to Thanos. yeah he has hilarious moments his voice actor is incredible 
I completely forgot about Batista's performance when I was listening to him, which I didn't think I'd say. Yeah. Um, uh, again, his story, his voice actor, he has the best costumes. That stupid one of him in that cape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't know if you guys have unlocked it. Uh, oh, it that is, was like purple. That was the yeah. costume. Like once I had that, I'm like, he's gonna wear it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even when it's clipping three things, I saw that the costume sometimes <laughs> clip. I was like, I'm keeping it. It makes it even better. That's um, when I got the uh, the the rocket suit that was like he's like a, a gambler he's wearing like sunglasses and like a suit i was like that's never leaving that's on yep. you forever now yep. all my screenshots have rocket in those stupid glasses and it's it um anyway i'll no, be I... quick about this but second yeah, was uh peter because i was just i was just like oh my god this is actually a really nice dude mm-hmm. i want to hang on with peter actually um he had his weapons like obviously your peter he does get a little bit of a storyline with his mother because the, the it deals with grief Mm-hmm. In a really, really great way, actually, which I thought. Um, and I did think it was sweet how in his fantasy, uh, I can't remember what it's called, The Promise, uh, yeah. that he mm-hmm. had his guardians and his mom, like, combining the two. Um, so his kindness came through. He was my second. And then Rocket, because Rocket's just hilarious, but he also has, like, a dark storyline going on. Mm-hmm. Um I-, I did really appreciate this version of Gamora. I think she's a little mean in the films. <laughs> but... Yes. uh uh this version of Gamora seemed a, a bit more relatable um yeah, and, totally. and I did mention you last week I heard you mention her voice actress and I yeah. totally agree she's really really great voice actress yeah I don't know if I know from anything Gamora. else but like she she killed it as Gamora yeah agree and then great because I'm sorry but he didn't get too much to do in this but he's great and I do still love him yeah totally Mark what, are, what about you what are your rankings of the the Guardians so keep in mind when I say least favorite it's still like an amazing character and that's rocket. Cause sometimes yeah. I'm like, man, you're just the worst, but that was intentional. Yeah. It's kind of like that family member of like that one cousin, like you don't like them. It like sometimes <laughs> oh, uh, shout out to any cousins who uh, listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. I still, love yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you still love him. And it, it eventually towards the end, like, he becomes lovable. Groot is next, and Groot's always amazing, but he's never really a character. Yeah. Gamora would probably be next, and it is different from the MCU because it's not, uh, she's not supposed to be like a love interest to Peter Quill. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty refreshing. And I think the second one is Drax. I was so surprised. And you mentioned grief with uh, Star Lord, who spoilers is my number one. Yeah, which is already crazy. <laughs> but one of my favorite moments from the game is when we get to see Drax's promise, and yeah. the scene when they're trying to like say like this isn't real, because even though Dave Bautista does an amazing job in the Guardians movies, like in the first one, you definitely feel that grief. And then the the rest of his appearances, he's kind of like Patrick Star Lord. He he's an idiot, and Dave Bautista does a great job playing that. But this had like the humor, the bluntness, but also like gut wrenching emotions. And then Star Lord was just amazing. Like I felt I was Star Lord. Mm-hmm. As you make all these uh, decisions, whether it's like these little like personality things or like, hey, who are you going to like sell off Drax yeah. or Rocket? 
Who do you I choose, mean, uh, by the way, Mark? Rocket or Groot? Uh, Groot. You did Groot. I uh, I did. Jessica, what did you do for that for that choice? Uh, first time I did Groot as well. Yeah. Okay, I did Rocket, and it did not go well at all. Um, I know that's one of the biggest like splitting paths in the game too. Depending on what you do, I think if you do Rocket, you have to shoot your way out of there pretty much from the beginning. But from what I've heard, if you sell Groot, you actually have to like there's a like a sneaky part of the game while everyone's asleep. Is that yep. correct? Mm-hmm. Interesting. One more thing about Groot, about him like not really. You know, he's just Groot. He doesn't really get a chance to shine more than he ever does. On the ship, there's like a there's a, a translator that I thought I might be able to fix at some point so I could actually talk to Groot. Did you guys get that fixed, or was that just a thing that was there? I think that was just a thing that was there. Oh. It, it got my hopes up that, like, oh, my God, if I find this, like, one part on a planet, bring it back, I can have, like, full conversations with Groot. That'd be cool. But the game never went in that direction. Um, my rankings, personally, I think number five is Groot. Number four is Rocket. Number three is Drax. Two is Star-Lord. And Gamora is my number one because she really sold me. Um, back to what Mark was saying, I love that Gamora and Star-Lord are platonic in this thing. I'm so glad there wasn't any will-they-won't-they they tension during the game. Um, also, like the scene when she admits to like killing Nebula. like That scene was like hitting me so hard. That's the scene I was talking about last weekend where you can hear her voice cracking and breaking as she's telling this like incredible speech, not incredible, but like heartbreaking speech about killing her sister and what Thanos used to do do to to them um Gamora just, sh just shined so bright for me in this thing and I even feel like for the first half of the game she was probably the most quiet character something happens in the middle and she really loosens up and she's like cracking some of the best jokes in the game except for when she said knife to meet you I did not like when she said knife to meet you to a bad guy that was not I was like eh come on you can do better than that writers um no, I, I really enjoyed just like Gamora's whole adventure or uh, journey through this thing. And going back to Star-Lord, I think he just like he carried all of the emotional baggage of this thing. I know, you know Drax is going through his um, his loss of family and everyone has their own stories. But Star-Lord is like the guy expressing all the emotion and reaching out to every single person in his team and making sure everyone's still doing OK between missions. Um, when you think about your experience in the game... I have mine. I, I know what mine is for sure. What was your favorite moment or story beat or joke? Is there like one thing that like is your favorite part or moment of this game? Jessica? Uh, I guess for me, it was when I, I thought the game was ending about five times. Um, <laughs> and every time I was like, oh my God, you surprised me again. Oh, you surprised me again. And um, I saw a couple of points I was like, oh, come on. You can't have much more story than this. But as you were saying, that point where I thought the game was ending, we had to go and find Fin Fang Foom. And yeah. that turned out to be one of the best segments in oh the entire game. It's when like they just all come together and it's just, it's wonderful. I think that moment from when I thought it was ending to me, and actually I have like three more chapters left of this. Um, well, it was fantastic and it led up to a really great ending. Not the ending, but the lead up to it, I'd say would be my favorite. Because I think there's like this huge speech right before you go to uh, Think Fang Foom. And like at the point where you're crashing into the planet, everyone's just laughing hysterically. They're like, I don't even care if I die right now. I love you guys so much. Like it doesn't matter what happens here. I'm just so glad that we have each other. Um, and I think it's around this point in the game too. For the first like 12 hours of the game, you have to like, command your, your team members to like make a bridge for you or to cut down a box. But they start doing that 
by themselves around this point. And it's not even like a thing I noticed right away. It was like, oh, wait a minute. I don't have to hit the buttons anymore. Like they just know what to do. Like we're just working well as a team. Finally, that's fantastic. That was so subtle the way they put that in. And you're right. I didn't even like, didn't even catch on it until you were saying that. But yeah, it makes total sense. They've all gelled as a team. They've all come together through this horrible event. And now they're just doing it on their own. Drax sees a wall with a crack in it. He knows I want him to punch it as hard as he can. Easy as that uh mark that's what, what family favorite... is <laughs> that's what family is uh what is it uh what's the lilo and stitch thing i feel like they said it at one point in this game where it's like uh, oh, ohana is... is family ohana is family ohana. Ohana. ohana ohana is family uh mark what was your favorite part of the game uh when gamora said to the bad guy knife to meet you <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, i'm a sucker a for puns <laughs> <laughs> no but i already mentioned it but like when they uh drax's promise because i felt like that that is what i always wanted to see from the mcu it's just like keep in mind like his family got murdered and he went on a vengeful pass and now he's he killed thanos so what happens after and showing that promise that was pretty cool um there actually was a great tracks moment, and I don't even want to paraphrase because it's such a good joke. The main villain was the Harbinger. Um, Har- Harbinger. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and like the group is trying to distract uh, the Harbinger because Rocket has the uh, cube, and Drac makes a remark just at a bluntness, like about like the heartbreaker son it's just so dark it was amazing mm-hmm. i really love the uh the visuals when you go inside drax's head for the promise as well and trying to break him through like the visual of like you're going like you're walking towards his brain like his skull and then you have to go in there and just how dark and empty the promise is like you are just in this this void you have a little bit of happiness because the thing you've always wanted is with you, but it just like, I really came across as like, wow, this is just like an empty black hole where you can be happy for a few moments on loop, essentially. Exactly. And you guys mentioned it, like you described it perfectly of the lead up to Fin Fein Foom. And even that boss fight was incredible, but just like the guys, I don't even care if we die. I'm just so happy to be here. And that was like the key moment. Because mm-hmm. I already felt bonded, but it's like, that's when I was like, oh my God, I am like, I'm part of the Guardians. Yeah, 100%. Um, I don't know why. Maybe this, like, now that I'm hearing your guys' favorite moments, mine feels like so much smaller in comparison. But holy crap, when when that guy Lipless showed up on Nowhere and started singing uh, Storm Riders with Star-Lord, I have no idea what was happening. Uh, for context, you are going to Nowhere to find Cosmo, which we'll talk about in a moment as well. And at this point, Rocket and Groot are kind of mad at you, and they're off doing their own deals. And you walk into a bar to find them. And as you're talking to them, some random guy's like, Star-Lord? Holy crap, Star-Lord! I haven't seen you in five years! And you're like, uh, yeah, you! I, I, I miss you, yeah! And the guy's like, you want to sing that favorite song of ours together? And then, like Telltale, you have like button props. You're trying to guess the lyric of the song he's singing, which is Storm Riders, which I'm not going to try and sing, but it is so, like, 70s hair rock kind of style music. That moment happens... It's over, and they never acknowledge it ever again. It's just like a fun one-off thing that happens that I was laughing so hard at the time. And 
I almost forgot about it like a week later because it's such a, a small part of that game, but it's just like, you know, a funny interaction that you have. Um, I am surprised that nobody said Cosmo as their favorite part or moment. Guardian of Galaxies. Guardians of Galaxies. Yeah, I did not know. I, maybe it's, maybe it was in the trailers, but I feel like I didn't know about Cosmo going into this thing. Um, did you guys like seeing Cosmo finally in a Marvel thing? Because he's been like an Easter egg in like the Guardians movies, and like he's been in the background. But this is the first time we see Cosmo like running nowhere, like being the boss dog that he is. Um, do you guys like seeing Cosmo in this? Oh, absolutely. Because like in the movies, like it's just a dog and a little space outfit and it, it's cute but just hearing it, it's a talking dog a talking <laughs> soviet dog mm-hmm. come on it's amazing and it wasn't like in the trailer but it was more of like in their like first look and they're showing like the first time you saw him with uh cosmo and his uh kids the puppies yeah that was actually the moment i'm like oh okay this is interesting I do like that moment, too, where he's, like, giving you a pretty serious speech. And at one point, like, a little cannon pops out of the corner, just, like, shoots a ball for him to play fetch with while he's giving you, like, Guardian of Galaxies. I do not fetch this plan, but I fetch this ball instead. I'm really sorry for the accent, <laughs> by the way. Um, no, the whole Cosmo of it all. And then, of course, Cosmo also succumbs to the promise at one point. Um, do you guys have any, like, takeaways from helping Cos? Did you guys? Because I was... I think there might have been a, uh, a, a world where you don't help Cosmo out. Because I got a thing in the top right-hand corner that was like, Cosmo appreciates you uh, breaking him out of the nowhere. And then at the end of the game, he comes in with nowhere and it says, oh, because you helped Cosmo, he's now helping you in the final fight. Did you guys save Cosmo as well? Or did you guys see a different alternate version of that event? No, it was basically the same. Like, I... I haven't seen anything like an alternative to that. Like I saved him from the promise. So mm. I I did go back and I did basically the opposite of my decisions the second time. And it's yeah. it's not a huge difference. If you don't save him, he doesn't show up and you know that hero's walk at the end. Yeah. Um the same as convincing the I would say war mind, the world mind to help. Yeah. Um, they don't show up there. It's just some randomer. Um, oh. And I don't think you get a, although it does it, it's the same, you know, the epilogue at the end. It was like Cosmo still remains uh, a good yeah. boy. Um, <laughs> I will say Cosmo was my dog's favorite character in the entire oh, thing. And uh, anytime he was <laughs> on take. screen. Yeah. <laughs> or the puppies were there. He was just going crazy for it. Cosmo was a great character. Not one Cos- I was familiar with in the MCU. And I, I appreciate it so much. It was so funny. And actually a little bit dark when it was talking about him being in the promise, not being uh home in his his Soviet land. It was it was it was very dark. I also also want to bring up when Peter Quill is stuck in his promise. Um there's a really like there's a part where your mom's hugging you outside and I didn't know what was going on. The camera was like panning away slowly. And I realized if I held back on the left stick, I'd like kind of push her away, but I kept like not knowing what to do. So I kept like pushing her away and then re-embracing her and then pushing her away a little bit and then falling back into the hug. Um, did you guys enjoy watching star Lord's promise about saving his mom from, I guess it's a different way she dies in this than the the movies, but saving his mom, kind of having her by, by his side for his adventures. Did you guys like that, Mark? I did. And it just reminded me like this terrifying moment. Like I didn't know what was going on. And all of a sudden, like the promise, like that blob would just start to like shrink in. So it would just start at the edges and it would just suffocate you just slowly go in. 
as we explore the house, and then it just restarts that scene. Yep. Like, I thought that was more, I wouldn't say traumatic, but in the end, like, you have to shoot Meredith to escape the promise. Mm -hmm. But I felt like that suffocation of the borders just closing yeah. in was just like, that kind of elevated, like, the promise, like, we got to stop this. For me, it, and I know this is a completely weird comparison for playing Guardians game in this game. I remember playing The Last of Us Part 2, and I won't spoil anything, but about two times in it, it I thought it was going to make me do something. And I was like, I really don't want to do this. Do not make me do this. I was like, I will turn off this game if you make me press these button prompts to do this. That's the exact same way I felt with um, Meredith hugging you and trying to get out of it. You're like, I have to shoot my mom to get out of this. This is kind of disturbing. Um, that was the last time I felt that in a game. Yeah, no, like Last of Us is a very good comparison. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, we haven't talked about Nikki yet. Is it Nikki Gold? I don't want to get the last name wrong. Um, when we first talked about Guardians like three weeks ago, Jessica, I, had, I did not know the twist with Nikki. I did not know she was going to become the catalyst for or the vessel for the, the promise. So I was like, chapter two, I love Nikki. I can't wait to see what she does next. I hope she joins the team. And then chapter four, I'm like, oh, oh no, she's like possessed and like, this is not good. Um, but I really enjoyed her character and her journey, especially like her like joining the Guardians at the end. Um, but I, uh, her promise, the birthday party that you're throwing for um, her mom, you have to do that twice, I think, that whole sequence where you have to light the candles and the cake, get the, get the song playing. Um, I think that was probably one of the more effective promises, probably right beneath Drax for me, in terms of like Star-Lord trying to snap somebody out of a delusion. But she's just like, Nikki's so young. She only knows her mom. She doesn't know that you are maybe her dad, which is a storyline. I uh, I don't know if I ever really fell for. But did you guys like Nikki as a character? Is she from the comics? Do you know, Mark? I think this might be an original character. Oh, cool. No, might, I think but... I, I looked her up afterwards. She is in it, but she's very minor. Oh, interesting. Did you guys think for any at any point Starlord was going to be a dad at the end of this game, or do you think that that whole thing was kind of just uh th just throwing you off the scent? They got me. I thought oh, it really? was. I'm like, okay, this is an interesting twist. It was more of like I didn't stop and think about it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go along with the ride. Yeah, and it's actually interesting you talk about bringing Nikki out of the promise, but me having the context of like Starlord trying to be a dad. And, yeah but i do like the uh the explanation of like uh the commander taking her like adopting her because she wasn't pure blood she wasn't pure creed mm -hmm. so because if she was revealed as not they would have uh killed her yeah when you guys were doing a uh, chapter two and you could choose to side with nikki or her mom who were you siding with in that i was i was on nikki's side of the whole time and yeah, then her mom died and i was like ooh. Yeah. <laughs> no regrets. That last interaction. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did Nikki too. Yeah. No. No. She was. She was so cool, and I, I'm really glad that obviously she she survived this whole thing. And if there is a sequel, I really cannot wait to see what her dynamics of like being an ex space cop, but also working with this like rebellious gang of uh, misfits. I think that's gonna be such a great dynamic, which I guess leads me to. This game is done really well, and I wouldn't be surprised that they are working on a sequel or talking about a sequel to this game um jessica do you have any like hopes or expectations or storylines or characters you'd want to see in a sequel to this game um 
whatever they choose to do, I would trust them completely because I had no idea who Nikki was before this. I had no idea who Lady Hellbender was before this. Um, oh, Hellbender. Oh. Yeah, she was a, a fantastic voice actress as well. She was incredible. Mm. Her design was really cool. But, but, but again, I had no idea. I didn't know who Cosmo was. So whatever they want to bring into this, I'm there for it. But <laughs> it, was, it was nearly a perfect game for me, but I do feel like they could have maybe added like a, not a difficult mode, um, it was a very, very good accessible game in, in terms of combat. Mm-hmm. But I, I felt like you couldn't rank ramp up the difficulty enough to make it challenging, especially New Game Plus, which doesn't really feel like a New Game Plus game. Yeah, uh, I heard this. Yeah, it just, you, you have all the abilities, but you don't get to upgrade those abilities. So you're just yeah. there with them. And then obviously they lock out some stuff that you don't get to later on, like the elemental stuff. But maybe like them to improve on that. And, uh, I really like the subtle choices you can make with Star-Lord uh, and sort of shaping his character. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like them to repeat that. Maybe a few more, and I know this is very hard for game devs to do, but maybe a few more <laughs> levels like yeah. the Rocket and Grit decision where you do have like the same level, the same outcome ultimately, but you get there a different way. Um, I felt like that was the only big example of that in the game. Um, I'd love just maybe even one or two more of those, but that is... That was all I would like to see them add to the second one. Like I said, I, I trust whatever they do if they were to do a sequel, which I yeah. really hope they do. Well, while I was playing it, I, I actually like I remember being disappointed when we went back to nowhere for a second time. Even though it was like a little bit different and it was being taken over, I was like, oh, the same location. Okay. And then you go back to that same ship where you first meet Nikki like three times, I think. There's the first time when you go to look for her mom, and then you have to go back a third time, I think, to uh to find it a, a item or a tool or something um mark what do you want to see from a uh hypothetical sequel to guardians it's interesting uh i want new members of the team of course nikki would be an obvious one mm-hmm. uh mantis i was surprised that she was in the game and so different from her what we think of her in the mcu yeah she's like the smartest dumb person i know she's like she knows everything but the the way she presents it's like i don't know maybe we'll die here probably and it's like does she believe that is she just playing them like that uh adam warlock i loved but i'm in the same boat as like jessica like i didn't even think like when they mentioned fin fame foom i'm like oh that's a cool easter egg and then we were actually like facing off against him like I trust the developers, whatever they want to do, do it. Just go crazy. But I think one of the things, and we'll talk about like some problems. Mm-hmm. Were you guys surprised like when you did like the aerial combat, like you were controlling the ship? Oh, like the aerial combat? Yeah, that felt like it would happen like chapter eight or nine. I'm like, oh, this is a part of the game. Well, I found those parts to be more like confusing. I just didn't like even when you're yeah. crashing, even when you're crashing onto the dragon's planet, you have to like you have to avoid uh, mountains and stuff. And I died mm-hmm. like five times. I was like, Same. I just want to, I want to fight the dragon. I don't want to land the ship. Just land the ship for me. It was not my favorite part of the game. Like I hope they do more of that, but it feels more organic because mm-hmm. I felt like they wanted to do that, but whether time constraints or they just wanted to avoid crunching. Like they introduced that seed, it, it was kind of effective. Like, but I want to like add more mechanic like that, mm-hmm. different worlds. Maybe even meet the Avengers, go to Earth. 
that'd be cool. I was surprised that... they actually mentioned the uh, Avengers a couple of times, and you actually heard because they kind of like go through like the ultimate dimensions and timelines and space. Yeah. Um, at one point they're like, oh, like because they're trying to figure out how do we save the day. This is before they even think about the dragon and stuff. They're like, what about those caped guys on Earth? And I think Peter, I think Star was like, ah, they're fine. <laughs> like, like they're they, like they, they, the guys in the pajamas. Yeah, pass. I'm like, no, that would be amazing. No, we don't need their help. Um, it'd be cool in the sequel though to see more. Like, I was surprised even like thinking about like going to the collect like this. When I think about it in hindsight, in the rearview mirror, there's so much in this game to a point where I forget about the moments like Storm Riders. I almost forgot about the Collector's Museum where you go through and you see Frog Thor and you see uh, like a bunch of Marvel history in one spot that's really cool. Um, it's a game that's almost like, I'm sure, Jessica, you played it twice. Did you find yourself on your second playthrough for remembering things that you had forgotten from your first playthrough because there's so much content there or was it all pretty like you know this happens in this chapter this happens in this chapter i did pick up on a couple more easter eggs um than mm. before and it was nice seeing them laying the groundwork for certain things um not really for me if i'm honest but you talking about the collector's museum like i thought especially that chapter on nowhere i think it's chapter six you can mm. just go from your ship to go meet Cosmo in about five minutes, or yeah. you can spend an hour looking at everything. Hour and a half, two hours is what what I did. Going yeah. through that collector's museum, I spent ages, and I didn't even get all the references. I was just, that's cool. <laughs> What's this? No, um, I loved it. Yeah, I'm interested to see if any of you have any more connections with those Easter eggs, because I appreciated them just being there, not being um, the biggest, most hardcore fan of the comics. Um, but I like that you said Frog Thor was there. Yeah. Uh, you did get some, and actually they they mentioned um, Nova a lot. So I'd be interested to see if he's going to come into a sequel because they mentioned him a lot. Yeah. I, I do wonder if that was some foreshadowing for Nova. Oh, yeah. Um, what do you guys think about like, the licensed music in the game? Like, I, I thought it was pretty awesome. Whenever I did a, a huddle, and the next thing I knew, I was hearing Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. While I'm, like, fighting a dragon, I was like, this is a pretty good game, I think. I think I'm having a lot of fun right now. Mark, what do you think about, like, the licensed music? And the music as general, because there's a whole Star-Lord album in this thing that they wrote and recorded and put lyrics onto an album sheet for you. I love the Star-Lord band. I like the yeah. Star-Lord band more than the actual licensed music. Because I like how he got the inspiration for Star Lord just from this band. And if anyone listening has not listened to the Star Lord band, it's amazing stuff. Just pure grit, like glam rock, hair metal, incredible stuff. But I mm -hmm. felt like the licensed music, it was something they, I, I shouldn't say have to do, but because of the MCU. Mm -hmm. Having popular late 70s, early 80s music is now ingrained into the Guardians of the Galaxy DNA. Mm -hmm. But they did have to do that. And the music selection is phenomenal. But the huddle got annoying because, A, yeah. like you're doing the pep talk, but it was a lot of the same stuff. And then you get like the music. It's like, okay, let's go. And you didn't get to choose the music, but it's like, all right, whatever. And it's like you get a little bit of like never going to give you up. And then the battle ends like 20 seconds later and it just stops. I'm like, oh, that kind of a tease. Yeah. Jessica, did you like the huddle mechanic? I did, but I agree with Mark. And I was like, I really wish you could play music with not calling a huddle first. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. 
I actually, I don't know about you guys, but I always, always accidentally called the huddle when I was trying to use my elemental weapons. Me too. Switching over. Yeah. And I was like, oh, for God's sake, <laughs> didn't need to do that. And then you heard the music and you're like, yeah, this is cool. But I, I, I feel like him having the Walkman, you should just be able to stick on the music whenever you wanted. Huddles, like you said, Mark, did get a little bit repetitive, but they were still really cool. It was they were. so over the top seeing them all huddled in, especially when they all had the ridiculous outfits on. Oh, <laughs> so good. Standing there looking at you. I I thought it was like optional. I didn't know you had to pick like a right one. So like the second time, it's like, uh, come on, guys. Like I'm just paraphrasing. Like teamwork makes the dream work. And everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, like uh, you, you could have done better. And I'm yeah. like, oh, and then you've noticed like the big flashing words like like glory and worthy, which were cool. But by like the middle of the game, it's just like, OK, we've heard this. Let's just yada yeah. I want to hear we built the city. Mm-hmm. I recommend like turning on there's, there's there's auto correct huddle options. I noticed them. Like I just turned that on in my second playthrough. Oh, cool. Well, I didn't know that. Um, my, my partner, when we got this game, she was going to stream it after doing the first hour and a half and not hearing like when she was playing this game, there'd be no music playing in the in the Milano when she was walking around like street. I appreciate that they added all this licensed music, but I think um, it probably was not a great game to stream for a lot of people. I think the only music you ever heard was the original Star-Lord music. So when you huddled, you'd say, good job, guys, you got this. And then it'd go back to the game's OST and not even like a like not even like a licensed track or anything, um, which I thought was pretty weird. That um, being said, the score for this game is incredible. Yeah. And they do have a streaming mode and I don't stream so i wouldn't know and we're seeing this on the uh, youtube version so you do get at least that star Lord ban mm-hmm. but you don't get blondie you don't get tears for fears you get you don't get a lot of those other bands that you know having um um every, everybody wants to rule the world playing while you're fighting uh hordes of enemies is so cool so good but like jessica i would i'd be like trying to uh hold on to that power for the boss fight and then because there's so many buttons you have to push, like you have to hold down R3 and then down to the D-pad to use Star-Lord's special power. I kept accidentally hitting L1, R1 at the same time, usually when there's only one enemy left to fight anyway. So I'd hear three seconds of Call Me by Blondie, and then the fight's over. I'm like, well, got to store that up again. Um, so to kind of cap things off, I just want to go ask you guys one more time, just last overall impressions, um, thoughts, whatever else you might have. Uh, Jessica, we'll start with you um i'm not sure i can cover anything else with it yeah. but my favorite aspects of it all have been covered it was if you want if you if you if you're a fan of the films you're probably not watching this and you don't really like games as well <laughs> i think it is um it's so accessible just to pick up and with, mm-hmm. with the accessibility options you can literally just hold down r2 or l2 or whatever you're playing on and just fire do your huddle every once in a while mm-hmm. Um, command the the other people if you want to just experience a really fantastic Guardians of the Galaxy story. It's one of my favorite Marvel stories I've ever I've ever seen, and that's with the Guardians not being my absolute favorite um, team or group of people within mm-hmm. the MCU or anything. Uh, I do think it's better than the sum of its parts, and even the sum of its parts are are pretty incredible at times. 
Yeah. And and those costumes. And those costumes. <laughs> I think any like any complaints I ever had about the game, it was always outweighed by the the pros I had for it. It's like the one con versus like these seven amazing things that just happened. I can't really hate it at all. Uh Mark, any last final thoughts on the game? It is definitely the most surprising game of the year for me. Because mm-hmm. even we talk about low expectations equals happiness. Now, like rethinking about the game of like now imagining like this is a great game. I'm like, did I like it because of the low expectations or is it generally great? It's generally great. And I was shocked of the Black Friday deals. Like it was 25 bucks, 30 bucks. Fantastic deal. It's an amazing single player experience. And I feel like the highest compliment I can give on any superhero like media with the uh, performances, let's take uh, Batman the Animated Series. Kevin Conroy voices Batman. He is the voice when I read the comics. Same with Mark Hamill as the Joker. These guys, I don't know all the uh, voice actors. They're now the voice when I read anything involving the Guardians. And just, you can tell like they put a lot of love and care into it. So now... I'm excited to see what happens next. Because there will be a sequel. Yeah, well said. And I think um, the first half of the game, there's like uncanny valley with me being like trying to distinguish the video game characters from the movie characters about seven hours into the game that was no longer an issue these were their own characters with their own uh story beats and mannerisms that i just really enjoyed and now when i think of star lord i'm thinking of this guy not the other guy a hundred percent yeah i'd also like to add i forgot to mention earlier on as well i think they're just their ordinary costumes and the character design are incredible like when nikki's in that I suppose outfit when she's being taken over by the promise, like the and dress like, thing. Yeah, she oh looks like an gosh. Egyptian goddess or something. Yes. and that whole area it just looks so sci-fi, but yet like ancient history. Why? Like they just took so many influences. It looks really good. This the, the design of the entire game and the way the characters were designed. Even if you don't like Starlord's hair, even the facial animation for her too in that scene. Like, and that when you, you're getting some close-ups, and she looks like she's in pain, but also like she's in bliss because she's you know under the promises spell at the moment um for me i love this game i feel like even after this conversation we just had it's moved up a spot or two in my game of the year list like the more i think about it this the better it gets and i know we've been talking for like half an hour but we've also like barely scratched the surface we didn't talk about the environment design we didn't talk about just the writing in general and how much of it there is like it's a game that between now and the end of the year I'm going to be weighing if it's like a top five, top 10. But like I said, after this conversation, it is very quickly becoming a top five game of this year for me. May even end up in top three. Who knows? But I really enjoyed it. Yeah. You. Oh, my God. The facial animations are amazing. Just like, oh, so good. And maybe because I'm playing Final Fantasy VII Remake <laughs> and the facial animations are not as good. Interesting. Yeah. But, and you mentioned, like, the Uncanny Valley of, like, the MCU version. I don't know if you meant for your own perception. What I was afraid, what I was afraid of was, like, with Square Enix, Guardians, let's face it, they're popular because of the MCU. There's no way around it. How much influence they would take, or in this case, how, like, much influence. So it's like, oh, because this is popular, all that, let's just hit a trend. Yeah. Just how much love and care 
they put into this game, it's incredible. You're right. We barely did scratch the surface, but I think this is like, I haven't thought about the games like top 10, Mm -hmm. but right now, this is like six or five. I don't even know what's one through four, but it's incredible. I have to look at my list, but like I said, the more I think about it and like having this conversation really helps me because usually I'm just like by myself thinking about, oh, unpacking is really good or, uh, you know, Pokemon Snap 2 is fine. But when I'm talking about this game, it, it's exciting me and it, I almost want to go play it again. Like after this podcast, I almost want to be like, you know what, let's start from the scratch. Let's just go through this crazy journey again if I can. Same here. And I th- I don't know if you guys ever have like this thought, but like when you're reviewing anything, movies, video games, so on, and you think like, should I give this game this score? And I gave Guardians an 8.5. I'm like, mm-hmm. should it be lower? Should it be higher? Like after this talk, I feel pretty good about 8.5. Yeah. Maybe no, even I- 9, but like, okay, that's perfect where it is. Yeah, 8.5 is a great score. So when like most games come out and there are seven, if anything's like an eight or higher for me, it's almost a must play. Yeah, if I'm getting games, 85 yeah. in school, that's pretty good score. Yeah, I'm getting like a good present for my parents that day, like a new game or something, if I come home with a <laughs> score like that. But that's going to cap our conversation on Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I do plan on doing a podcast about Game of the Year and about near the end of the year. Um, we'd love to have you guys on to hopefully talk about your top five or so. But until then, that is a wrap for the Keen Gamer podcast. If you haven't already, please check out the website, keengamer.com. We've got reviews on video games, movies, TV shows. Jessica and Mark are both very active in the movie and TV portion of the website. So if you want the latest Marvel Marvel review or Doctor Who review, that's where you want to go for that. Uh, Hit subscribe if you haven't already. We're back each week with a brand new episode. Uh, Jessica, any last words before we say goodbye? Nope, just uh, I really do think you should go play Guardians of the Galaxy. I would say it is—it's probably my favorite game of the year. Yeah, awesome, Mark. What about you? Any uh, last thoughts before we say goodbye? I had a great time. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, Kyle. And I know we talked about like you being a Star Wars fan, so I hope you do uh, some reviews. They just announced the date, or I don't know, but just announced the date. But I just saw the poster for the Book of Boba Fett. Me too so excited for that yeah yeah as the as the podcast grows i do want to do more things than just games i do want uh, mark pitched to me an idea about talking about rating uh mcu's 2021 and just kind of talking about that so maybe you'll get a special podcast in your feed that isn't about gaming at some point star wars is coming up um time will tell uh Thank you guys for joining me today. It was a great chat about everything. Hopefully you enjoy the rest of your days and I'll talk to you all next time on the Keen Gamer podcast. Bye everyone. Bye.